is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, a big day for WST. We got the holiday party tonight, a little brown jug. Hope to see you there. Things are shaping up very well. It is absolutely glorious outside. I think it's like seven degrees or something like that for a high today, which we will take. Um, but I can also tell you it is shaping up very well for uh, tonight's WST gathering. If you haven't already got a ticket, folks, do us a favor. Jump into the link in the description right here. We will throw it up in the chat, too, um, for anyone that's been thinking, oh, I didn't know whether I could make it. Well, if you can make it, do it tonight because... 7 o'clock, we're going to get going. Some pints from our favorite local brewery, Little Brown Jug. Our friends at BP are going to throw some pies around so everyone can grab a slice as well. DQ Nick's jumping on in. He'll be bringing some DQ ice cream treats for everyone. And we were already, and this is all in support of the Christmas cheer board, every cent of the ticket, every cent of our raffle going to Christmas cheer um, and I'll bring Remus in, but we've got a, um, a couple of new additions to the raffle, which uh, I'm very, very excited about. But um, we'll get to all of that. Hope to see you here tonight. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. Jets practiced and hit the road today to Colorado. Huge tilt tomorrow with the Avalanche. Marat uh, will join us tomorrow on the program to tee up that. And for the latest on the Jets. Today, though, Scott Billick will be our uh, Jets guest. And uh, looking forward to talking about Scott's piece in the Winnipeg Sun on a bit of a rating, a grade, if you will, for all members of the Winnipeg Jets through uh, this first part of the season. Um, And, of course, we'll get into, um, you know, what's at stake tomorrow night as the Jets, two points back of Colorado, look to uh, close the gap and uh, make up for a three-game losing streak last week that seems like it's well into the rear mirror and maybe make it three in a row um, and get right up there with the big dogs in the uh, Central Division. Um, We will also be checking in and talking some Jets prospects in the upcoming World Junior with Stephen Ellis of Daily Faceoff. Talking about the Jets prospects that are on the rosters, both for Canada and some of the other clubs, as well as how Canada is shaping up for the tournament. And... uh, I could literally talk for two hours about Otani Watch. Uh, We will get into that shortly with Michael Remus. But we will also head east and get the latest on Otani Watch, how it's affecting Blue Jays fans, how people are feeling about it all, with Josh Goldberg coming up a little bit later on. So uh, buckle up, should be a good one. And uh, most importantly, hopefully we see you tonight raising some money for the Christmas cheer board and having a great time with the WST crew. Um, You know, I mentioned right off the bat, Thanks so much to Little Brown Jug for hosting us tonight. Uh, the incredible generosity from uh, Andrew and the crew over at Boston Pizza. Uh, DQ Nick. Um, these are sponsors that are always there for us, but um, even more so tonight. And, of course, a big thanks to uh, all of our sponsors. Modern Man Barbershops. I made a visit. Shout out Cordell and Jess at the Pemina location for taking great care of me yesterday. Uh, Aquatech, Modern Man Barbershop, as I mentioned. Manitoba Battery, Canadian Club. Vita Health, Wallace & Wallace, F Apparel, Princess Auto, Royal Sports, the Winnipeg Jets as well, and of course Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, and Nick and Nikki DQ. All right, let's get to it. Remo, 
How are you feeling? Are you ready to have a little bit of fun tonight with our crew? Yeah, I always get nervous for these things. Um, I always wonder, like, oh, no one's going to show up. But we've been pretty pretty packed uh, for all of them. So I think that was maybe in the early days when we started doing on-location stuff. But, yeah, I'm looking at Don't the- compare our WST gatherings to your own social life and parties, please, Remus. This is, this, is a di- this is a different animal, a different beast. That's fair. I'm looking at the tickets. Yeah, Winnipeg, for podcast listeners, it is at the top of Winnipeg sportstalk.com it says going fast here on the eventbrite page so get ready and i did send out a little final reminder for those that are subscribed to the newsletter um where you know we can reach you more directly and if you want to get on that it's at winnipeg sportstalk.com at the bottom scroll into the bottom and you can uh, sign up to get any you know urgent uh notifications uh like that so uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to seeing everyone tonight. Should be a lot of fun, and I, I know you got some great raffle prizes planned, which should have many very excited. Well, yeah, you know what? Listen, we'll get to that right off the bat. I mean, originally we were thinking, obviously, we're going to put all the ticket money to the Christmas cheer board, uh, and then um, the uh, folks at Little Brown Jug said, you know what? Let's do a little raffle, and um, you know, we'll do tickets. I don't know, five do- uh, five tickets for ten bucks. By the way, if you can bring cash, because that's the one thing that we cannot do interact for. Um, obviously, be able to get beers using your cards as normal, but this is going to be separate. So if you are able to bring a 10 or a 20 for the raffle, and I'm about to tell you why you're going to want to do that. But uh, again, that is going to be a, a cash transaction, if you will. Um, they're going to put a, together a package of some of that awesome Little Brown Jug merchandise, and I think some beer. That will be a prize. Um, the gang of the Jets, knowing that we were doing it, generously donated um, a really nice autographed, framed Kyle Connor picture, as well as a Winnipeg Jets hoodie and a toque. So we've got a really nice Jets package. And get this, Remus, um, I, a, a special thank you to an old pal of mine, Mitch Brennan with Ticketmaster. And Mitch and Ticketmaster have four seats in the uh, in the new premium, like the ultra premium area at the build at the uh, the arena. I think it's technically called the Play Now Lounge. Don't not to be confused with the Ticketmaster Lounge, which is now essentially the entire club area, which has been, I mean, so popular this year. I mean, I think the P ones have access to that. The club seats have access to it. Far bigger now. Um, it's great, but these the, the seats in the Play Now Lounge come in fours and I think we talked about it when we went through the tour I mean this is the area where they basically re uh took three suites and put like the biggest most comfortable chairs I have ever seen in a sporting event in uh added a beautiful private bar seat service um and these tickets come with like the executive chef is there making different treats to eat throughout the entire game. And the Ticketmaster folks have given us some seats to host a couple of WST winners. So the other prize tonight in the raffle is going to be uh, someone's going to win two seats to come with myself and probably Remus if he can get away on a Tuesday night. I'm sure he will be able to for this. Um... We'll get together, we'll watch the game, we'll eat our faces off and, uh, you know, dine in the lap of luxury at the uh, most premium seat in the arena. Now, 
I believe the game, and I will confirm this hopefully by tonight, I believe the game for this is going to be the Tuesday, January 9th game against Columbus. Um, I, I think that is highly likely to be, but I'm just waiting on confirmation. But the bottom line is we're going to have an opportunity for a couple of you to win seats in the Play and Out Lounge along with us and, uh, as I say, get treated to um, the newest and uh, most spectacular addition to the uh, Canada Life Centre. Um, and, Reem, this is going to be fun. I mean, to get together with the winner and just get a chance to uh, see what that lounge is all about. We had the, we had the tour before the season started, and it looked amazing. Um, and I got to tell you, both for us and the winners, that is going to be a really, really fun night. I'm already hungry just thinking about it. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hungry. Looking forward to tonight. Getting ready for what? Yeah, Boston Pizza. Nick's bringing ice cream, so should be a blast seeing so many people getting to sample all the uh, kinds of Little Brown Jug as well. I got my generic lager hat for the day, but I'll be maybe looking for something uh, a bit different uh, there tonight. I know they have a, a lot of different varieties. Uh, well, exactly. Yeah, I mean we we've been you're drinking a lot of 1919 and generics at the arena, um, but they'll have some seasonal beers. I mean that. Hmm. Listen, you can there, there's all sorts of great offerings, but there's nothing like getting to the brewery and tap room um, because of everything that we're uh, you're able to try that might not normally uh, might not normally be there um all right the uh, oh yeah and by the bye bye Blake you are correct I mean with uh, the avalanche squeaking by the ducks yesterday three two they're actually four points up so the Jets wouldn't be able to tie for first place but depending on what happens tonight with the Dallas Stars taking on the Florida Panthers uh, might be able to jump in a second with a win tomorrow. Um, so we'll get to all of that, but we right off the bat. And I don't know that there's ever a time where we've started off a show in the middle of hockey season talking about baseball. I don't know about you, but I was up way too late last night, repeatedly refreshing Twitter to see if there was any more news about Shoei Otani. This is getting pretty exciting and pretty tense for Blue Jays fans considering what the ultimate prize is that by all accounts, they are very much in the mix, coming right down to a decision that's expected in the next three, four days. Yeah, before the weekend or around the weekend, you expect Shohei Otani make a decision. Rumors are the teams are uh, Blue Jays that are in, the Dodgers, maybe the Giants and Angels as well. And uh, you're leading a, leading a lot of reports that, you know, he took a tour of the Blue Jays' new Florida facility, uh, he likes maybe that Toronto's a bit quieter uh, than LA. Um, you know the you know they're pitching him on the idea of being the face for an entire country, and you know, Shohei wants to take a path maybe that people haven't taken before. I mean, anyone can just go to the Dodgers, and you know you'll be just another player in uh, Dodgers history. But if you came to the Blue Jays, you'd be the face of, of an entire country, and you did do something that they haven't done since 1993. Uh, win a World Series, uh, you would be loved here forever. And Toronto, you know, as well as an international uh, city, you know, a lot of things that would attract him to it. And, oh, yeah, you, you know, baseball is played in the summer, uh, not, not winter. Us, but uh, they're trying to sell him, and instead of competition, it's going to cost them a lot, but definitely bring a lot of benefits and certainly uh, a lot of excitement here as we are in the MLB offseason. Well, and again, we'll get into this with Josh a little later on, but 
um, I, I mean, whatever the money is, and it's going to be record breaking, and it's going to sound stupid, mm-hmm. will be worth every single cent to Rogers if they can get this done. I mean, from from just from a baseball aspect, um, you know, he'll fill the building. There will be people people traveling from around the world to come and see the home games in Toronto. Um, the merchandise sales right off the bat will be record-breaking. I guarantee that if this happens. And then from a media perspective, and let's not forget that the Jays and Rogers broadcast the games and own Sportsnet, um, takes their level of visibility to a whole nother level. And, and Brown Eye Girl MJD says this, and I don't know whether this is tongue-in-cheek or, or serious, but said, who is this guy? I don't know baseball players. Shohei Otani is the unicorn of baseball. Um, he has been arguably the best hitter in the game for the last number of years and was an all-star level pitcher as well. And I don't think anyone has done this since the great Babe Ruth. And when you look at what Otani's done during his short career and what Ruth was doing when he was pitching, their arguments to me that he was even better than Babe Ruth. Um, it's impossible to quantify just how big of a star and how massive a signing this would be, both from a baseball perspective, but also from a business perspective, which I think is why people's hopes are so up that this would be franchise changing for the Jays uh, and their profile around the world, not just here in Canada from coast to coast. Yeah, he pitches, and he's one of the top pitchers in the league, and he's a hitter, and what, yeah, he led the league in what, OBP, uh, OPS. I mean, uh, he's you know one of the best hitters and all-star pitchers, so having that combination now, he's having surgery, so I, he won't be able to pitch um, for, this year. for this year, but, I mean, you'd have him in the future, and, I mean, his line, his stats are, are incredible, and, yeah, he does both, you know, MV, one MVPs, so this is a guy, you know, you want to build your your team around. I mean, the idea of a guy pitching and hitting. I mean, he's broke. I know for a lot of people who play fantasy, he's broken fantasy baseball because the sites weren't set up to have someone who could who could do both. So they've had to rejig uh, the whole game. I think they had to change the rules in the AL, right? So you could, if you were a DH and you could come back and pitch. I forget what it was, but they he's changed the way uh, baseball has played. Uh, for sure, and how you know, I haven't played fantasy baseball like, yeah. on a season long in the last little bit. Like, how is he being drafted in leagues? You either take Otani the hitter, or you yeah. take Otani the pitcher. It depends. So on on Yahoo, it's different. You know, their site wasn't made to configure that to do that. So you would have two players. Um, on other sites, you would be putting him in at pitcher. Or hitter, so you know if you're on a daily league, the days he's pitching, you'd put him in at pitcher. So you, I think there is a decision uh, that it has to be made uh, at times, but it, it's definitely he's a top. You know, if you can get him at both positions, yeah, he's a top player. Um, and you know, many people saying the best player of all time based on what he's done, and I mean the marketability of Otani as you know a Japanese superstar. I mean, there's just so much that goes into this. So. Um, Yes, people have their hopes up, myself in particular, because we uh, jumped on him at 25 to 1 to go to the Jays a little while ago in the lock shop. And he's now, the Jays' odds are now down to plus 150. Only the Dodgers are higher. 
And yesterday, of course, Dave Roberts, there's been a lot of conjecture about, you know, Otani and his representatives wanting to keep this very hush-hush. And you've seen the Jays haven't even admitted to, to meeting with him. They've been very coy. And then Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, said, well, I want to be honest. We met with them. It went really well. Um, and people wondering. And then right after that, he got a text message saying, shut the hell up. And then the general manager didn't want to talk about it or say anything. So it's fascinating. And it is uh, certainly taking over a large percentage of the discourse among sports fans in social media right now. All that being said, we'll talk to Josh Goldberg later on in the program in hour number two of the show. And, you know, speaking of things that we don't talk about very much that we should mention right off the bat, what an incredible send-off for Christine Sinclair last night in her final game with Canada's women's national team, Reem. Yeah, what a legend. And a shout-out to all the fans there in BC. What a amazing crowd uh, in Vancouver. Get to say goodbye. Uh, so many great memories. You know, 2012 uh, stands out for me. Uh, you know, maybe that brought you in to how great this women's program is. But then, you know, winning uh, the Olympic gold recently. Um, you know, there's what games against Team USA, big goals. Uh, she's been doing this for so long. Uh, 48,000 fans there uh, in Vancouver last night. Has a pretty incredible uh, career. What, second most matches ever? Um, and, you know, you could argue, is she one of the greatest Canadian athletes in any sport uh, of all time, not just soccer? So a uh, complete legend, Christine Sinclair. And uh, well done. What a great send-off uh, yesterday. And, oh, they, they won as well. Uh, against Australia and look she inspired so many people and you know how many people on the team now grew up watching you know them where there was London you know London Olympics for me really really brought brought me in but she's been playing much longer than that yeah well and, and listen I mean we'll get Des uh, Desiree Scott on at some point um, you know to, to talk with her I mean she's a Canadian soccer legend as well with all the medals that she's won um, but she'll be the first one to tell you that this program, I mean, has been led by Christine Sinclair for her entire time. And I was saying to Dusty in the lock shop that, I mean, there needs to be, and I imagine there will be, a standing offer that whenever she's ready to join the Federation and the national team in another role, that that spot is there for her. I do think, and I'm not for sure, maybe someone in chat can correct me. I, I do think that she's still, like, this was her retirement from the national team. Um, I think she'll still probably play for the Portland Thorns. I mean, I think soccer is her life. I don't believe she's got a family. There's not anything she's trying to get away from. It's just time for her to retire from the international side of the game. Um, so uh, she's done it. And is the highest scoring player, period, ever in a international soccer history. Um, so yeah, great showing and shout out to the fans there for uh, giving our uh, our greatest ever, the GOAT, the proper send-off that, uh, that she deserved. Um, a couple quick jet notes and we'll, uh, we'll get to a little bit of audio before Scott jumps on with us. Um, the team did practice today and then got on the bird for that big game tomorrow in Denver. Um, but Remo, Bruce Garriock uh, writing in Post Media that teams are kicking the tires on Big Stan. A rugged defenseman that can block shots, 25 years old, making $1 million, an RFA after the season. It was described as the Jets aren't exactly shopping him, but teams are calling. And to me, that's a 
perfect scenario for the Winnipeg Jets. If they get a deal that makes sense for Logan Stanley, pull the trigger on it. Um, like we talked yesterday, they would like to have all these defensive, maybe add another one once you get to the playoffs. But getting to that point is the challenge um, because, of course, about the impending return of Billy Hanel at some point and the fact that there's already eight defensemen on the squad and both Chisholm and Stanley would need waivers if they were going to spend any time in the A. Seems like we've been talking for two years, Huss. They have too many defensemen. They have to make room uh, to bring in some of these young guys like Chisholm and Hanela. And there was a report at the end of last season by Frank Cervalli that Logan Stanley had requested a trade. And look, we've seen video of Billy Hanela skating, coming back from his fractured ankle, and he's going to be back soon. And what are they going to do? They're going to have to make their room. They've healthy scratched you know, Nate Schmidt for a couple games, but... I think for Logan Stanley, I mean, how long ago was he drafted? And he's already expressed that, you know, he'd like a change of scenery. And I think if he's going to become, you know, a regular NHL player, I think that, you know, it's probably not going to be here with the Jets. They have a number of defensemen. Sandberg has passed him on the depth chart. Uh, I mean, you could argue, you could argue the other players. Well, Hainal with Bochism. I mean, I, I just don't know if there's really a spot here. And if you want to free up that roster spot for Billy Hainal when he returns, uh, this would be, you know, a guy, what are teams going to trade for him? You know, even a late pick, is it anything? I mean, he hasn't really become a regular NHL or has. I know he had injuries last year, only 19 games. This year he's gotten into four, um, you know, 58 and 20. Six, seven. Yes, but again, I guess teams, when you see six foot seven, they think they can turn him into something. And it's possible that happens, but I think no matter what, it's not it's not going to happen here in Winnipeg, and, and it's probably best for the team and the player mm-hmm to move on and see if you can get something else and give other players here an opportunity. Yeah. uh, I mean, as as I said, um, you know, would they like to have that asset for a playoff run in the press box in case guys get hurt? If you have to go really down that depth chart, sure. But I'm not sure they can get to that point without potentially losing another player. Although we did talk about the Nate Schmidt situation and what that might do um, going forward. But if there's a good deal for the Winnipeg Jets, Maybe you get a player that is waiver exempt in that deal that can play with the moose and then come up as a black ace. Maybe it makes sense. Anyways, we'll uh, talk about it with Billick a little bit later on. We're going to start it off, though, with our old pal Stephen Ellis um, from Daily Faceoff to uh, talk a little bit about some Jets prospects in the upcoming World Juniors. Um, just before we do that, folks, the holidays are here. And whether it is for holiday gathering or gift giving, our friends at Canadian Club have UWSTers covered. Uh, great gift options for whatever you're looking for with sales on all of the Canadian Club favorites. Original 100% rye and CC Classic 12-year-old. And don't forget, there are still bottles of the limited release 15-year-old Canadian Club sherry casks still available. The CC Invitation Series 15-year-old sherry cask, which is the signature CC Classic 12-year-old, finished with a secondary aging in Oloroso Sherry Casks. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. $79.99 right now, available at your local Manitoba Liquor Mart. And uh, don't forget to please enjoy responsibly during the holiday season and always. Um, It's going to be nice for the next couple days, and we are here for it. We all know that winter's coming Uh, Is your car or your truck ready for what's on the other side? And that is a deep freeze at some point. Uh, You don't want to be stuck on the side of the road calling a friend for a boost 
or a new battery when you know you probably needed one already. Get ready for winter and let Manitoba Battery take care of you. You can shop local, get the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. And even better than that, when you're already getting the best deal in town, how about not even have to leave your home? Because Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you anywhere inside the perimeter for free with any purchase over 60 bucks. It's just that easy. So head on down to manitobabattery.com to order. Give them a phone call at 204-783-8787 or pop by and see them for a free battery test to see how you're making out or visit them in person at 1026 Logan Avenue over at Manitoba Battery. Uh, our friends at Aquatech are ready for 2024. And uh, no, I think a lot of people, particularly coming out of the pandemic, you know, realize that maybe the best gift you can give yourself is something to beautify or improve your home. And whole home renovations start with Aquatech. With thousands of rentals as their foundation, Aquatech can upgrade any space in your home. If you're ready to enhance your kitchen, bathroom, or even add a man cave to your home, visit aqua-tech.ca to learn more about their whole home renovations, including financing options. And uh, long overdue for me, I will be seeing the good folks at Modern Man a little later on today. Uh, of course, they were a big supporter of ours and helped us put us over the top of $5,000 for our Movember campaign, which we did in conjunction with Modern Man. And uh, hey, for fellas in Winnipeg, when you're looking for haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more, only one place to go, or eight of them actually, because there's eight locations in Winnipeg, including the new location on Pemina Highway and Plessy Road. Book your look and make an appointment via modernmanbarber.com and give them a follow on Instagram as well, at modernmanbarbershops. All right. Oh, we lost Huss. Anyways, as we wait for him to return, going to be joined by uh, Stephen Ellis here of Daily Faceoff, World Junior Training Camp, rosters uh, released uh, for the Jets, Dom DiVincentis on Team Canada, uh, Colby Barlow, the first-round pick from this past year, not on the list. Uh, he's dealing with some injuries this year. And on Team USA, Rutger McGrory, who suffered an injury. They had him on the training camp roster, but we will wait and see. Uh, you know, what his availability is. As far as the Jets, they had, did have a practice today. Uh, you know, lines, we've been saying forever that there's not much going on with them. Oh, here's a call from Hustler. Uh, Hus, I, I put you on speaker here. Um, do I need to go off to help you or uh, what's going on? Uh, you got disconnected. Is your internet down? Yeah, you got booted out of the room. You're on speakerphone, by the way. Do you need, do I have to sign off to troubleshoot this? My, I'm here. I'm on the show. Uh, the chat says, what up? <laughs> I'm holding the phone into the microphone here. Yeah. Do you sure you do you need to troubleshoot with you or anything? Or are you okay? Like, is I your... don't know. I think I just need to unplug my internet and try and get it going again. I'll text you. Okay. And, uh, the show must go on. The show, yeah. Well done, Hustle. Getting a lot of props in the chat here. I see people are laughing, but that is a straight-up commitment. Stephen Ellis, Daily Face-Off, welcome, uh, welcome to the show. How's it going? I saw you in, ch in our chat uh, enjoying uh, what was going on over there. Some good entertainment. Uh, good job. Good, good job. Well, it's, you know, it's, we're in December, and Countdown to the World Juniors, traditionally, what, the Boxing Day start and training camp rosters are trickling in. I see on Daily Face-Off, you have your initial thoughts on Team Canada's 
World Junior Camp roster, uh, snubs, the draft impact to watch them more. But let's start off from a Jets perspective. Um, I think, you know, after the draft where we saw you in Nashville, we thought Colby Barlow was kind of a lock this year, but he's not invited to training camp. Um, what can you tell us about Colby Barlow's season that led to him uh, not being on the list? I think there's a few reasons. Obviously, he hasn't played uh, too well this year. He's dealt with some injuries. But then he also, uh, when you look back at the under-18 tournament last year, he he struggled in that event. It seemed like he couldn't keep up with the pace of the bigger ice, uh, didn't have as big of an impact defensively. So it was kind of, uh, you know, it was kind of a perfect storm there. So I think he'd make the team next year, but it's not like goal scoring is going to be a problem with this Canadian team, even without guys. Uh, like Zach Benson, Matthew Poitras, Shane Wright, obviously Connor Bedard. I, I think they're still going to be able to find scoring from elsewhere, so they didn't necessarily need him, and he wasn't going to fit perfectly in a bottom six role. So uh, I didn't think he was going to make the team on my last projection, which was, uh, I believe, last week or the week before, but uh, it's, you know, not getting invited to camp always sucks, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think Kobe Barlow, you know, you forget that he's only 18 years old. He's turning 19 in February, but you see him, he's got this huge beard. He's got all this facial hair. You know, we refer to him as what kind of a, a man at the draft, but, um, you know, he's still got time uh, to make an impact. The other uh, Jets player, Team Canada, Dom DiVincentis, we saw him at, uh, what, a development camp here in the summer and training camp. Uh, what kind of impact is he? Uh, gonna have on Team Canada. And just touching on the Jets before we get into uh, the ro- you know training camp roster as a whole. I think with Canada's goaltending, kind of like we've seen the last couple of years, it's very open as to who could be the guy. Uh, Mathis Rousseau out of Quebec's been really uh, lighting it up this year. David Sanchez, he's not been playing as great as he was last year. He was the best goal in the OHL last year. We knew what he was able to do. I think right now, you know, he's he dealt with a brief injury for himself. Um, has it been 100%? But I think this is a good opportunity for him to go to camp and really prove himself. And I'm happy training camps in Oakville, by the way. That's a five-minute drive from my where I live. Um, but uh, to, to see him, it's like, you know, also on the other hand, I do hope he's not using those uh, North Bay Battalion pads of Canada. That would be the worst color clash of all time. Um, but he's he's got a good opportunity here to fight for the starting role. No one's kind of got the clear number one favorite aspect. Uh, yeah, it's not been, if you're looking at the the hot hand, he's not the hot hand right now, but he's a guy that's got this experience of being uh, you know, a high-impact goalie. I know that he's got some good reviews at development camp in the past. So um, he's, he's basically a lock of any of the four goalies. He's a lock for sure for me. As far as Team Canada and the World Juniors, what, I mean, is it gold? Are we going to a gold or a bust again? I mean, what are the expectations here for for Team Canada heading into this year's tournament? Anything could happen, but if I'm doing a pre-tournament ranking, they're not first and they're not second. Uh, USA and Sweden just look stacked. Sweden's bringing a lot of their roster back from last year. A lot of guys that looked really good at the summer tournament that they played in, and a lot of those guys have played together for three to four years in international competition. And the Americans are the same way because you've got the U.S. development guys. You've got probably one of the best lines in the entire tournament of Gabe Perot, Ryan Leonard, and Will Smith. Uh, a team that's so good that Cole Eiserman is projected to go top five in the 2024 draft wasn't even invited to camp. But a 2025 prospect, James Haggins, was. If you look at James Haggins, he's like a Jack Hughes junior, essentially, the way he plays. So I think those are the teams to watch. Canada, I still expect to play for a medal. They still got a good team. 
I think just the question is who's going to be that leader on the team. Matthew Savoy might be the favorite. Celebrini, obviously, we know like your talent, the top prospect for twenty twenty four. But it's it's a you know who else is going to stand up? I'm not sure yet. Well, Stephen, uh, I think we got Hustler back in here. You know, rebooted the computer, internet's ready, and we touched on uh, the Jets prospects Barlow and Divincentis, and and the expectations for Canada, but I will tag Hus. We're doing a tag here. Uh, hold yeah, out your hand. We're tag team holding out the hand. Uh, I'll hot bring tag. You- hot tag coming in. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Reed. <laughs> there we go. Um, Hey, I don't know how much you got into this, but uh, tell us about Barlow's season overall. I mean, I guess he's been hurt quite a bit. I mean, how much did that kind of impact Stephen, his um, kind of uh, ability? Like, would he have been on the radar at the beginning of the season for you? And I mean, just give us a bit of the, the lowdown on uh, what's been up with Cole, because it seems it's been of a star-crossed uh, campaign. Yeah, it's it's been a while, I believe, until I saw him play. I want to say what, early November. Um, but uh, he's, you know, a point-per-game player, 14 points, 14 games. Doesn't sound bad by any means, but nothing spectacular for a team like this. Uh, between the injuries, uh, just kind of the so-so play, and then the way he played at the U18s, which I know Hockey Canada probably wasn't thrilled with it, which was not very impactful, uh, struggled with the bigger ice, uh, looked a little lost at points. I think that probably didn't help his case. But a part of this is just a situation of just enough talent, enough older talent. you got all these 19-year-olds going to edge him out as an 18-year-old. So uh, some of it was out of his control. Other end, it's like, you know, again, injuries didn't help this year. Uh, and just, I know you were kind of talking about Divincentis. I mean, how would you categorize the competition amongst the four goalies? Is it a guy with the inside track right now? He certainly has been brilliant over the last couple of years. He's the one that, in terms of pedigree heading into this season, he was definitely the clear number one favorite. I think the the issue will be Mathis Rousseau is probably the best goalie in the CHL right now. I don't have his numbers offhand, but it's like something ridiculous, like unbelievable numbers in the with the Halifax Moosehead. So I think it comes down to those two. Uh, as you know, for a third goalie, Scott Retzloff, a Buffalo Sabres prospect, uh, fifth round pick last year, probably the starter two years from now. Um, but uh, in, when they play in Ottawa, but uh, you know, he's got the inside track of Hockey Canada where he played really well at the Helenka Gretzky two years ago. So I think you could kind of go any of those three options and be happy, but. Uh, if you're a Jets fan, I think you're going to be seeing your uh, your goalie of the future, your hopeful baby goalie of the future, uh, get a couple starts here. You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Rousseau and uh, and Saint Hilaire, the other two goaltenders. I mean, both of them are draft eligible this year. Um, how many other players on the roster have not yet been drafted? And uh, like right now, and realistically, um, how many draft eligible players might suit up for Canada when uh, they drop the puck? Well, see, with those two, they were passed over twice now, so they have had their opportunities. Oh, I see. They're not, they're not yeah. that young. They just haven't been drafted. Exactly. They And the issue for both of them is they're really small goalies. I think they're both under six foot. Uh, in terms of who, you know, Celebrini is definitely going to make this team. Uh, I would expect him to probably be, you know, the first-line center on this team. Um, Rousseau, yeah, he's, he's basically a lock at this point. Uh, in terms of other guys, I don't think Owen Allard out of uh, Sault Ste. Marie or Marcus Fidicek out of Halifax are going to get drafted. Uh, or Well, they won't make the team or get drafted, I should say. Of Allard, he's like one of the fastest skaters on this team, but the offense isn't there. And Fidicek is good, but he plays with Jordan Dumai, who does a lot of the producing there. And he's like an unbelievable talent, Columbus Blue Jackets prospect. And he's on pace for like a, an off year for him, which is 130 points in the KHL. He had 140 last year for comparison. 
dealt with injuries, but still, like that's a guy you're going to rely on. But when it comes to Vitacek and Allard, I don't see them making the team. And St. Hilaire, it's he's the I don't want to say what the third or fourth best school in the QMJHL. I don't see him making this team. Gotcha, Stephen Ellis, a daily faceoff with us. Um, just before we move on to some Jet prospects on other teams and how the tournament's shaping up, I want to ask you about the Manitobans on the roster. Um, Denton Matejchuk uh, from Dominion City, uh, I know uh, reading your article, is you know poised to have a big, big role on the club. And, of course, we're very familiar with Connor Geeky, who is also on the roster. Uh, maybe fill us in on both of those players and their chances of uh, not only playing for the team but being impact players. Well, they'll both be impact players, and they're both definitely making the team. Matejchuk might be Canada's best defenseman. Tristan Luno might put up a fight there, but with Matejchuk, it's just... Obviously, when you've got points in every game you've played this year, like, did Connor Bedard even do that last year? I can't remember for Gina. It's like, what Matejchuk's doing as a defenseman is just unreal. Uh, you throw in Geeky there, who could be a big part of that top six. Whether he plays of Savoy, whether he's, you know, a uh, center on the second line, I'm not sure where they're going to throw him in. Um, but his, you know, his size, his reliability at both ends is going to come in very handy here. So if you're a, you're a fan of those two, you're going to get really excited about what they can do. You know, obviously the ice have moved on to uh, now become the Wenatchee Wild. And I heard you mention Matt Savoy, who, um, you know, was returned to junior. He'll be um, a very important player getting a, finally a chance to represent Canada. Um, but I did want to just ask you from your perspective, we talked a lot heading into last year's draft about Zach Benson, about these players that were from the ice. Um, what have you made about Zach Benson sticking with the big club up until this point? and Savoy moving down um, and maybe transition that into will Zach be available for this team and other NHL talent that is in the NHL that might get a chance to bolster Canada's roster. First off, I miss the Winnipeg ice branding, great logos, great jerseys. Those were like, I miss that. Sorry. The wild is not the same. Uh, that's also lame because we had the Minnesota wild. Uh, when it comes to Benson, I, you know, playing above what I expected. Watching him those first few games with the Sabres, I did not think he was going to make it past the nine-game mark. And then the injuries, and it's like, okay, this looks like a guy destined to go play in the juniors. And ever since he returned from his injury, he's been amazing for this team, way better than I thought. Uh, I was super high on Benson. I had him as the fifth-best prospect for the draft. I knew he wasn't going to get drafted that high. I think I actually had him going to Buffalo anyways uh, in my mock draft, but I thought he should have gotten, you know, top five just – you don't get guys with that much talent and that much skill show up all the time. And I I wouldn't write him off of being invited, being uh, loaded up to Canada. I think the one player now to watch would be uh, Adam Fantilli, given that he's not getting a ton of ice time with Columbus right now. They're a tire fire. There's no point in keeping him around. I'm not sure what Pascal Vincent's doing there. It seems like every decision he makes with these young guys, whether it be Fantilli, whether it be Kent Johnson, whether it be Adam Yurchek, he's just baffling to me. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if Fantilli gets loaned out. As for others, you know, I, I don't think Poitras is going. I don't think uh, Korchinski's going. I think it's safe to say Bedard probably won't be loaned out. Um, but uh, with Benson, it's like you know, it just it's. I think his situation still might be game to game, and just see kind of what they think of now that Tage Tom sort of their full lineup. Do they need Benson? I'm not sure. Right now, he's playing well enough to be there, but I don't want to see him fall down the lineup when he can go here and be a leader on this team instead. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, Buffalo's in a pretty precarious situation right now. Their expectations were that this team would take a big step forward. And if he's contributing and they're winning, maybe they just say, Zach, you're an NHL player now. 
Um, but it's not like they couldn't send them there for the month and then bring them back to Buffalo afterwards if there's room for them. Yeah, so they, they could do that uh, if they want to. Like we saw that with, I believe, Victor Matei a few years ago with the Montreal Canadiens. So that was a while ago now. But um, it's like the thing about this training camp is it's not uncommon where guys are going to be loaned out afterwards. You know, it's asking a lot to make a player stick around, uh, you know, playing the NHL, getting the, the rhythm of that, and then send him to the juniors where he might not play a game for like a week and a half. And uh, those exhibition games against U Sports are great, but that's not the same as playing a game, you know, actual NHL competition. So uh, my guess is though Canada wants to have their full roster heading into their trip to Sweden. Their camp will be done December 13th. I believe they're going to start planning to fly out uh, the next day. I think they want to be fully ready so they're not sending a player home that's already in Sweden. Um, so I think, you know, keep an eye on December 13th and 14th as to, you know, that would probably be the cutoff, I'd say. Um, but, you know, a guy that, like, like Benson going here could benefit a lot from being a leader on this team, put up a lot of points, play with some good quality players. He'd probably play with Savoy. He'd probably play with Celebrini. And he could go out there and be a dominant player, potentially win a medal, and come back with all this momentum and all this ice time he's been playing against or playing with. But at the same time, you know, he's making Buffalo a better team. You can't deny that. Buffalo might not want to change that. Steven, let's move on to USA. Um Rucker McGrory had that scary injury, um, hasn't played since. Um, he's still Rucker McGrory. We've seen him on Instagram, kind of having fun with his uh, buddies. He is on the roster. What What have you learned about his situation health-wise? And assuming he's able to play, um, how big of a role does uh, he pencil in on uh, Team USA? You know, I think it's noteworthy that they didn't bring Cole Eiserman because Cole Eiserman would have been a good replacement for McGrody in terms of just the offensive impact. The fact they're not bringing Celebrini must mean they think it's he, that he will be ready to go. Um, you know, look at this last year. Lucius, also another Jets prospect, injured heading into camp, and he participated at the very end of camp in a red non-contact jersey. I think he'll still skate. To my understanding, he is supposed to participate in camp, um, but, you know, they don't necessarily need him for the pre-tournament. They don't need him for that. Um, so if he's fully healthy to go for December 26, I think he makes the team no matter what. And that does buy them some time. You know, they don't have to worry about making sure he's ready for December 14th when that camp begins or, you know, December, I think, 17th when they cut the roster. They just need him to be ready for game one or game two or game three. And that's good enough because he makes that much of a positive impact. Uh, there's they, they use 23-man rosters for the World Juniors, but teams uh, will bring 25 players over and have two guys as extras. Think what would happen is if he was not ready, they would run the minimum roster until he's ready to go, and they go there. Um, but from what I heard, it seems like at least there's some confidence he'll be able to play in this tournament. Um, just team-wise, uh, like I'm just looking at this roster in your uh, in your piece of DFO, and I think back to you know our conversations in Nashville, Gabe Perot, Oliver Moore, Ryan Leonard, um, Nazar. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of first round talent on that team. Um, how do they shape up on paper going into the tournament against a team like Canada? USA, if they're not the favorite, uh, it's, it's got to be Sweden. That's how good USA is at this tournament. Uh, James Haggins is a guy that I think everyone's going to be shocked to see how good of a player he is. Uh, he'd be, you know, a, a not a, maybe not a dominant player, but he'd be a high-end college player already. He's not eligible till 2025. He's a late uh, 06 birthday, I believe, so he's uh, got to wait one more year. Uh, but just an incredibly smart player. And if that's your number one center and you put Will Smith as your second-line center, like, 
Will Smith was unbelievable last year, a top five prospect and, and deserving of, you know, of, of playing a huge role. You got Cutter Goche on this team. You got Lane Hudson on defense. You've got two uh, goalies that are caliber or starter caliber goalies uh, in Jacob Fowler and Trey Augustine. I think Augustine, the Detroit Red Wings prospect, will get the advantage given that he is uh, he was a starting goalie last year at this tournament. He's one of the best goalies uh, that USA Hockey has had in the last decade uh, in terms of all the international competitions. But Fowler's been better this year in college. So you got two goalies that would be the starting goalie on almost any other team in this tournament. And then you've got again Lane Hudson, Seamus Casey. Uh, to the point where the top scoring player in the uh, top scoring defenseman in the OHL, uh, they didn't even bother bringing uh, Hunter Buchevich, uh, a Canucks prospect, because they didn't need him. They had so many scoring threats on the blue line. So this is as strong of an American team as we've seen in the past couple of years. And I think a good test will be that game against Canada in the pre-tournament. You mentioned Sweden. I've got to ask you about our guy Elias Salmonson, who uh, you know had a very nice training camp, got into a little bit of preseason action, played with Josh Morrissey at times. Um, and is now back playing with the big boys. How's his season been so far? What have you seen from him, and how big of a role does he project to have on the Swedish squad? He's been good. You know, I think he'll probably play more of a shutdown role in this line, talking to some Swedish people. They think he's probably more uh, like the sixth seventh defenseman, but he's, you know, we saw him play in the power play. We saw him play kind of in all situations at the World Junior Summer Showcase. I think with him, it's just there's a the Sweden's got a good blue line, and they don't necessarily need to rely on him, but the way he played at that showcase, way we've seen him kind of play internationally for Sweden. He's a guy that gets involved and you can rely on in a lot of situations. So uh, I think he'll be, uh, I'm not sure what his ice time is going to be, but he's going to, he's going to be someone that uh, will turn some heads. I think. Hey, it's great to, uh, great to catch up. And again, sorry about the tag team nature of uh, pulling this off, but uh, you know how things go. Uh, what, uh, what are you going to have cooking heading into the tournament over a daily faceoff? I know this is a big, big month for uh, everybody on the prospect grind. Well, first off, I don't know if you saw, but uh, there was a, a ECHL player today that just got suspended or kicked out of a game, either kicked out of a game or 10 minutes kind of, not sure which one, for shooting a chicken nugget off the ice into the crowd. Not sure you hear a story like that ever again. <laughs> um, uh, we got a story coming up on DFO in a few minutes on that. Um, but in terms of that, I'm going to have World Junior uh, previews on every single team of the tournament, a list of the top 25 players to watch. I'll be at the Canada camp. I'll be at the American camp. Uh, we're going to have some local guys in Sweden covering in person for us, but uh, there'll be daily coverage. So if you like World Junior stuff, basically every day starting next Monday until like January 7th or 8th, you're going to be seeing content on the website. Um, where did this chicken nugget come from? Uh, it's, it was like a school day game, and some kid, I guess, threw it on the ice. <laughs> he ripped it into the crowd, got teed up. <laughs> yeah, he, 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 I guess they, they, the ref saw it, waved off the play, and then the player shot it right back in the crowd. It was like a Red Wings prospect and shot it right back at a kid. And they gave him a 10 minute misconduct from the looks of it. Nugget gate. Wow. Didn't, didn't think that was going to be mentioned on the show today. Steven, have a great holiday season. Enjoy the tournament. And uh, hopefully we can catch up with you again a little later on in the month for uh, the latest on what's happening in relation to the World Junior Hockey Championship. We always love having you on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Thank you so much. Uh, there it is. Only in the ECHL. Kirill. Tuchayev, a 10-minute game misconduct in the second period for flipping a chicken nugget back into the crowd. One of the kids had tossed it onto the ice. Toots decided to take care of it himself. <laughs> Always something new in the world of sports. Uh, great stuff from Steven. We're going to get on to the Jets coming up with Billick uh, right away. Um, and, of course, the Jets 
on the road beginning tomorrow. But back in the South Asian Heritage Night is not this Saturday, but the following Saturday, Saturday night, Jets and Colorado Avalanche. Uh, and what a homestand that's going to be. Um, the Montreal Canadiens coming into town on the 18th. The Boston Bruins on Friday night. Um, if you don't have your tickets already and you've been waiting for some of the marquee games and teams coming in, that was a great time to do it. Go to winnipegjets.com slash tickets. And, of course, there's uh, all sorts of excitement for the 48 jerseys, and I think there'll be a lot of those under the Christmas tree as well. Um, you can find out more at winnipegjets.com on those. And, hey, pop down to Royal Sports. They've always got those ready to go for you as uh, as well. Um if you're looking for great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, you know where to go. Vita Health Fresh Market. You can shop at any of the six Vita Health Fresh Market stores or online at myvita.ca to pick those up. And we just finished up Men's Health Month. And congratulations again to Joe, who is our big winner of the Trevor Linden jersey. Canada's number one line of men's health supplements is available at all the Vita Health stores, Prairie Naturals, helping men address the challenges with prostate health, andropause, low libido, testosterone, stress, male energy, and performance. And again, they're on sale all month at Vita Health during November, uh, but still available for you as you uh, maybe look to, you know, get 2024 off to a great, great start. Uh, Vita Health. Empowering people to lead healthy lives. Six locations in Winnipeg and online at myvita.ca. Uh, the gang at Wallace and Wallace have had a bonkers 20, uh, 2023. Um, the leaders in fencing, and you've seen their trucks and fences all over the city as they've been the leaders since 1946. They're also the leaders in overhead garage doors. And that garage door has had a lot of ups and downs this summer and fall, but it's about to whole, work a whole lot harder as we get into the Winnipeg winter because winter puts much more stress on a garage door. The right time to prevent downtime this winter is now. Call Wallace & Wallace to book your inspection and maintenance service call today for residential and commercial overhead door sales and service. There's only one name or two you need to know, and that is Wallace & Wallace. And hey, speaking of the holiday season, guys, um, if you look into your closet and realize that maybe it's time to step your game up in the menswear department, maybe a, a sly suggestion of an F apparel gift card to that special someone might be a perfect uh, a perfect gift for you under the Christmas tree. Of course, we'll be having massive Boxing Day sales just as they did for Black Friday. Uh, but the bottom line is you're going to get the best prices on the best-looking custom-made suits and men's clothing to fit at the leader's in it all, F Apparel at 190 Smith Street downtown. Uh, custom suits, chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories all waiting for you. Gift cards on sale now as well. And don't forget, my pal Mo was just getting uh, done up for his big wedding coming up in Friday. If you are in a wedding party, 15% discounts when uh, the fellas get their suits at F Apparel. Tell them the WST boys sent you. And you can also make an appointment for a fitting and find out more information at F. That's E-P-H apparel.com. All right. We're going to bring in Billick in here in just a second. Um, but uh, Remo, expert navigation of the technical snafu that impacted our last, uh, um, that impacted our last uh, segment. 
Yeah, well, I think, I don't know what happened. I think you just got removed from uh, from the room, and you just had to come back in. Dude, what'd you, what'd you do, internet issue? Did you just restart no, your no, computer? No, I got, I got completely, I got completely blown out. My internet was down. Oh. I had to, I had to do a full reboot, and um, and luckily it worked at the end. So uh, we're back, right. we're ready to go for, uh, we're ready to go for, uh, for Billick. Um, but hey, just on the way in, um, you know, I know we've got uh, a couple clips. I just I wouldn't mind uh, firing out uh, number two from Kyle Connor, um, just because this is a huge game tomorrow and our first chance to see the Jets go head to head with the Avalanche. They haven't fared well, although two very close games against the Dallas Stars so far, and um, they're going to play Colorado in Denver tomorrow night. As we mentioned, the Jets' next home game, Saturday night against the Colorado Avalanche on the 16th of December. Um, Kyle Connor spoke after practice today, and here's a little bit from uh, KFC on going up against the Avs. Colorado there, we know what they're capable of. Um, uh, they got a they got a tremendous team. They're really deep. Um, they're obviously the, the team. Them in Dallas are the teams we're chasing in our conference right now, and um, it's it's going to take our best. Uh, they play a complete game. They're very lethal. I mean, they they get their D's up. I mean, they got obviously a couple a couple great players up front that can put the puck in the net. So it's going to take a full team effort and um, nothing that we're not prepared for though. And you know, we got all the confidence in the world in here. We play the right way. You know, we're we're among those top teams in the league. All right, a lot of confidence within that jet room and certainly on that top line, but um, what a task to go up, uh, likely, potentially head-to-head against Nate McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Here's what KFC had to say on that. Yeah, you almost, I don't want to say get up more for the game, but, I mean, you see yourself on the ice with them or, you know, crossing them, and, you know, you you just want to, you know, prove that... Um, you know we're the better team, the better the better players, and um, you know you got to be aware of it too. And just just the little tendencies and, and how they play, it's, uh, it can come in a factor a lot. And um, you know we, we embrace that challenge. I think we, we look forward to it. You know as a group, um, you know we, we love to see how we measure up against against a team like that. All right, so there's Kyle Connor, and here's one more from Kyle Connor, and this is kind of a nice segue into our conversation with Scott um, because I do want to get his thoughts on. You know, the progression of Connor Shifley now with Nikolai Ehlers on the wing. Here's what um, Kyle had to say about uh, the latest on his line now playing alongside 55 and 27. They're two almost completely different players, but they are in a sense, right? Like, it's like Nick is known for his tremendous speed and his creativity. He opens up so much ice, and when he has a puck on his stick, he draws a lot of guys onto him when he's carrying that puck. So a little bit different attributes, but, um, you know, we've played with Nick before. We've had this combination for a little bit, so we knew what to expect. And um, it's, uh, you know, last year we started off the training camp with with yeah. me, Mark, and Nick. And, you know, I mean, that was... First game in a bit. Yeah, 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 until Nick got hurt, and it's... Uh, you know, you can just see how much promise there is in that in that line if we play the right way, and um, you know how much potential it is. And um, so, I'm looking forward to building on that. It seems like we're only getting better. We've we've had tons of chances, and um, you know, we were lucky to pop a couple there last game. So, hopefully, we can build on it. I know. We'll go ahead, Jimmy. How much are you enjoying having Velarde on the pop, on the top power play unit, Kyle? Yeah, he's. Um, I mean, just in general, just having him back, it's it's been awesome. He's he's he seems like he uh, he dangles one or two guys a game. He's he's got that. Uh, very crafty. Um, 
to put it and you know even down low he's, he's very good and tight and just finds a lot of space and even on the breakout too he made the play to strike the other other day and um, he's just got that type of vision and type of ability so um, we're excited uh, everybody is and for sure the power play helps out all right so there's Kyle Connor and what a look he's rocking these days I know that he um, let us know in chat if any of you guys went down to uh, another jet legend Joe Daly um, and Joe Daly's spot had uh, Kyle there last night, uh, I believe doing autographs and meeting fans and whatnot. And I did see a couple pictures and it's just, it's just perfect that these people are going to have this beautiful, this photo of them with one of their favorite players right in the middle of his Joe dirt era. And, um, he's, uh, well, he's doing it on the ice right now. He can look however the heck he wants. I do. Uh, I, I, it, listen, just from a hockey perspective, it's been really exciting to see the progression of this line with Ehlers and with Shifley. And as we bring in Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, we will start right there, Scotty. Uh, great to have you on the program. Uh, what have you thought of the uh, of this line? Now they've had a few games to play together. Um, it, it seems like, like Ehlers is not an easy guy to play with, and it hasn't always worked in the past when they've tried to put him with Mark yeah. Shifley. I'm not sure whether this is just a smaller sample, but certainly you saw in that game against a very good Carolina team, they were able to um, create space, and Kyle Connor talked about Nikolai Ehlers being able to do that and uh, score a couple of absolute beauties. Yeah, well, hey, Hus, a little chat. Uh, everybody's doing well in the chat, getting gearing up tonight's party at uh, Little Brown Jug. I believe that's tonight, right? That is, that is. Uh, Hopefully, pop by and uh, make a make a special guest appearance. Shake some hands, kiss some babies. You can do what Kyle Connor did last night. Just sit in a. We have the Scott Billick photo booth with with autographs all night. There we go. I'll just do selfies all night and 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 stuff like that. Yeah. No, but I I agree. Like, I mean, you look at. I was just looking up while I was in the in in waiting to come on and just looking at their expected goals right now, which is second highest on the team. They've played a, four, a quarter of the minutes that the Appleton Niederreiter Lowry line has played, um, but the early returns are good, right? I mean, they're outscoring the opposition two to one at five on five, um, but the possession numbers are good. The expected goals numbers are good. It, it seems to be working so far, right? And yeah, I, I think this is the line that they wanted to do last year, right? Like they wanted to start the start with this line last year and kind of run with it. And unfortunately, Nikolai Ehlers got hurt. I think he missed 38 games. And by the time they got back to it, it just, it, it wasn't there for them. So um, it would have been interesting to see. I mean, obviously at the start of the season, it was almost Gabe Velarde. That's who they wanted there on that top line. He gets injured a couple of games into the season. And then now he's kind of on, uh, he was on the shelf and now he's kind of working his way back into the lineup here now. Um, and, and working with that, but he's just playing on the second line right now with, with Perfetti and Iafalo. So, yeah, I, I like it. I like the idea. I mean, so you got two really good playmakers in Ehlers, and, and Kyle Connor alluded to it today, um, saying that Ehlers is the type of guy who draws defenders to him when he you know, again, gains the zone. I think we saw a lot of that in the Carolina game. He, I mean, it's just natural for guys to want to cover a guy that's flying through the zone like that. Um, so it just opens up space, and, and I, I think his Ehlers' goal was a great example of that, um, where he dishes it off in the neutral zone. They gain the zone, you know. Kyle Connor feeds the download to Shifley, then you get the low to high pass to to Ehlers, who finds some soft room in, in the slot and and gets it done. It was, it was a perfect goal. That's exactly what you want to see this line do. So, 
Um, you know, and, and that happened, you know, it wasn't the greatest game in terms of all the metrics against Carolina because Carolina is very much a shot-heavy team. But they did it against Carolina, right? Like, this wasn't, like, one of the best defending teams in the NHL. They eked out that goal five-on-five, five, and it was just a beautiful goal. That's skill, right? They, they, they outskilled some of the best defenders in the world that, that Carolina seemingly has the most vaunted defense um, in the league. But they were able to do that. So I'm curious to see now, going into Colorado against McCarr and, and, and Taves and, and all those guys, are they going to be able to kind of sort of replicate that? And it's a big test for this team tomorrow. By, but I like the attitude of this team today. They don't like, they're not, it's the old Conor McGregor line, right? It, we're not just here to take part. We're here to take over. And I think they're going into Denver um, with the idea. They are going into Denver with the idea of they don't want to just be there as a, as a participant in this game. They want to go in and show that they and Connor said himself, are the have the better players and, and and are the better team on the night. So it's going to be a really interesting game against, you know, the two of the best teams, obviously in the division, in the conference, and even the league. And it's going to be a going to be a burn burner, I think. Well, and 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 you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought up this game tomorrow night. And obviously, the challenge, assuming McCarr good to go, um, you know, it is a great measuring stick game for the Jets and a very different challenge than the Dallas Stars are. I mean, I remember Brendan Dillon talking about the game. Uh, about Dallas before, and he said, hey, listen, you know, we've showed that we can play and, and run with a lot of different teams and we can go against these young teams and skate with everyone. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to challenging the more, the more boring game of Dallas, and I'm just quoting him on that. Um, yeah. No one calls the Avalanche boring, and this has the potential oh. of being one of the most exciting games we've seen in a long time. But a chance for the Jets with that new top line um, – to use your uh, to use an MMA reference to go toe to toe, strike for strike, with the team that has a hell of a lot of fire firepower and definitely packs a punch. Yeah, I mean we're talking we're a year and a half removed winning the Stanley Cup, right? I mean this is a Colorado team that had a little bit of change. Obviously, they don't have their captain Gabriel Landeskog in the lineup, um, but they you know they're so talented. It's not. You know, you take a guy like Landis Cog out for the last couple of years now, the last year and a bit, and and you still have Makar and Rantanen and McKinnon and Tate. you got all these guys, right? Like, it's a deep team, right? I mean, I think if there's anything about this team that you look at and you're kind of like a little suspect about it, it's their goaltending, right? But at the same time, Georgiev, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is still leading the league in wins. Um, his stats aren't that great. Um, but you're playing against a team that can – pretty much be malleable. Like they're the, maybe the more malleable team in the league. They can defend. They can they can run and gun with you if they want to. Um, and they have just so many game breakers, right? And so, yeah, it, it's a great test for this Jets team. And and Brendan Dillon said it well this morning. Like, these are the types of games you want to play early in the season. And anyway, I, I, I took that to kind of believe that, like you want to play the Dallas's early, you want to play the Vegas's early, you want to play the Colorados early, the Floridas, the Tampas, like the teams that are Boston. They haven't played Boston yet, but you know you want to play those because you get a sense of kind of where your team is at, where you can improve, and you're doing that early, right? It's not like it's backloaded, so you're kind of like going into those games later on in the season, let's say maybe even after New Year's, and you haven't really had any of those tests. Sure, they've come out on the wrong side of some of those games, the Dallas ones, obviously the Vegas ones, they, they beat Florida twice now. Um, and now they're going to face Colorado for the first time this year. 
Um, so I think, you know, again, going back to what Brendan Dillon was talking about, you know, trying to take something, the positives, trying to fix the mistakes that they made against some of these top teams. Obviously, Colorado, and, and you alluded to it, kind of offers a different challenge. It's not a boring game, as, as you said, where Dallas is very much more suffocating. I think there'll be a little bit more room to work with um, with the Jets. Um, but, you know, we're watching a Jets team that's never been as good defensively since, you know, probably six, seven years. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that matches up against a very heavily offensive team in the Colorado Avalanche. And so it's a good test, test sorry, for this, this, this structure, this team defense. The thing this team has really kind of righted itself on um, this season through, you know, the first 23 games or whatever. I mean, they've played now 24 games, I think, now. Um, and, and it's ridden them. I mean, they, they're up to 14 wins, the Jets are now. And, and, and a large number of those wins have been done in a way that, that is really complementary to the style of the system that they're playing and that sort of thing. So I think the system gets another test tomorrow to see how they can do. And, you know, they, they, they bent quite a bit against Carolina, but they didn't break. Brendan Dillon said it perfectly this morning. You know, they don't want to have to bend, right, against Colorado. You want to go in there and impose your, your style of play in, in your game and let, you know, basically another team kind of skip to its loo, right? So I, I think that's it's, – it's good attitudes, right? You're hearing the right things from the players, and, and we'll see what happens tomorrow night in, uh, in Denver. You know, uh, a, a couple things to get to coming out. I kind of want to focus on the blue line. Uh, but first off, uh, LB on Monday. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he he was so dialed in. I mean, he honestly, to me, looked like an entirely different goalie than we'd seen in his previous starts this year. From your perspective, certainly that adds a lot of confidence to the team. But for him to not do that against Chicago, but to do it against Carolina, and I wasn't sure that's the way that they were going to go with the rotation. Um, in your opinion, how important of a performance was that for Loren Brassois as we get into a point in the season with back-to-backs next week and, you know, some more big starts for him coming in when Hellebuck won't be in the blue paint? Well, I'll tell you how it's because I talked to LB this morning. So I had a good good chat with him trying okay, to get a sense of where he's at, like what changed, right? And he said, um, you know, if, if you're going back, he said it started just before the Nashville game. He was starting to feel himself, you know, it, like the – bad phrasing he was starting to feel better um about his game and 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 and, and played uh you know he, he called it a stinker the one that he allowed in nashville and you know fair play to him i mean he owned that goal and whatever but he said he felt right in his body and this is something you hear from from lb a lot he likes to talk a lot about his body feeling right and 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 and, and all that it's all connected right it's all about energy and stuff like that for lauren Bassois. Um, so talking this morning, I mean, the thing that he tried to do this summer was add some stuff in for, and he's, and he kind of admitted it to me. He's like, one of like the, um, one of the drawbacks in his game, he said is that, or his kind of weaknesses, as he put it, is that he tries too hard to try and, um, or he tries too much. He tries to fine tune the game almost so much that you kind of over crank it a little bit sometimes. And, and that throws it out of whack. And so the things that he tried to do during the summer um, to try and improve his game, he said that actually became a hindrance um, to him at to the start of the year. You know, when I asked him, you know, because I asked him, you know, I didn't ask him to explain why he had a couple bad starts to start the year. But I was, you know, just there's obviously a big difference between his play on Monday against Carolina 
and his first five starts before that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting to kind of hear him talk about, like, he had to basically dial it back and take those things that he tried to improve basically out of his game, right? It's almost like uninstalling an update on your computer. He basically had to do that to try to get back to where he was. He said around the Nashville game is where he got it. And it's been interesting. I mean, one of the things that he said, too, was, uh, you know, just talking about, like, last year, the way that he kind of came into the playoffs and then played that first round, like, he was in a different mind state. Like, you're playing every night, and so you're so dialed in all the time that you're not really thinking about anything else, right? But right now, he's playing once once every 10 days, maybe once a week, once every 10 days, and that's been a bit of an issue um, for him. And he's had to readjust to that as well. So been a bit of a process for Lauren Brassois. And so you, you, know, you, you talk to him and you start realizing like, yeah, this guy's been through a bit of a change and trying to get just back. He obviously had the injury at the end of the playoffs there. And so he was just, you know, again, dealing with that through the summer um, and, and then getting healthy and, and all that. So, yeah, it, it was it, it's interesting. But I think, I mean, he said was, like that game was huge for him, right? Like that game was, it was a big game for him. And, and, and he felt like it was coming. Um, and it should have came in the Nashville game, um, but just the way that, you know, you let that one soft one in and that was it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it feels like he's kind of back in a space now, like a headspace, and even in a physical space now um, where he feels good about his game again. Um, and that can only benefit the Jets going forward. Well, that's big time uh, because we know Hellebuck has uh, really sort of uh, emerged after um, non-Hellebuckian first couple of weeks of the season. And uh, LB is going to drop starts like that when he's getting in the net. That is a very good development for the Winnipeg Jets. Let's move over to the blue line. By the way, somebody was asking in chat about Makar's status. Um, he did not play last night. Um, right. He was out. I mean, I would imagine that they would be hopeful he'll play tomorrow, but I think we're going to basically have to wait yeah, until might... game time to see whether he's good to go. Um, Sam Girard as well, day-to-day on that blue line, and uh, I think Bowen Byram, who uh, played last night, he got nicked up during the game and only played 15 minutes, and uh, he has an injury designation. So they may have some issues on the blue line, which maybe the Winnipeg Jets can take uh, to take advantage of. Speaking of the blue line, um, thoughts on Declan Chisholm and Logan Stanley getting in it. And I guess the reason I bring up Stan is that Bruce Garriock had yeah. a uh, piece in uh, your uh, sister publication, The Ottawa Sun, the teams are kicking tires, and I didn't think much of it at the time, Scott. But once you hear yeah. that being reported, you wonder whether this was maybe another opportunity to showcase a little bit of Logan Stanley. And he did play quite a bit. When we looked at the numbers afterwards, it was almost surprising the amount of time he was out there on the ice against the Canes. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, I'm, you know, it, and at the time, you're like, okay, well, are they shopping him again? Like, is that why he's in the lineup? And, you know, sometimes the joke is, well, maybe don't play him if you're trying to shop him because sometimes when he plays, he he doesn't really do himself any favors sometimes. And, you know, and I thought, I mean, Declan Chisholm, you know, in my opinion, he played a great game in that first game against uh, Chicago. Uh, and then you go the 11-7 route in against Carolina. And I was like, okay, well, hey, well, what's this going to look like? Is Stanley just getting the game because they haven't played him? But then you see after the first period, he played basically two more minutes than Chisholm played in that period, right? And then over the game, I don't remember what the, the final number was, but he played more than Chisholm in, in the game as a whole. And so, you know, like, 
Yeah, I mean, if they're trying to trade him, sure, yeah, put him out there, see what happens. And it looks like they're going to play him tomorrow night too. And from line rushes this morning at practice, um, he was with Stamberg, uh, and so unless you think Stamberg's taking a seat, and I don't, um, it, it looks like they're practicing with with well, Logan. Stamberg well, the funny and thing Stamberg was Scott for from from yesterday. I mean, from that game on Monday, he actually <laughs> finished with one more second of ice time than Sandberg did. And Sandberg played 322 yeah. shorthanded and Stan played 46 seconds. So he, he even got more uh, ice time. Now, partly I think because of, there was a couple long shifts due to icings where they had to stay on and, you know, we're in their zone or a little bit more, but they certainly didn't just bring him out and give him a token four or five shifts. Oh, and so that would sort of would make kind of the, the Garriott thing make a little more sense now, right? Because... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to play him, and I thought that they were playing him in situation even during the game, but you know, at the time, I just okay. Well, you're running seven guys, and you're just going with the guys that are hot late in the game because you want to make sure you're shutting that game down in the third period with a one goal lead, right? So, yeah, it, it's a curious thing now because I think, I mean, they're running into a bit of a nightmare here coming up because if Billy Heinel is starting to skate, obviously. He's a little ways off still. Um, there, there's a plenty more things that he's got to do, including putting more pressure on his foot than those little light skates that he's doing. It's great to see him skating. He'll play for a few ready, weeks you know, in the moose for go. sure. It, oh, exactly. So there's some, there, there's a lot of runway here before Billy Hanel gets back up to the you know to the Jets and, and playing. But you do have to start thinking about it because at some point you're going to have to expose one of them, right? Unless you're, unless you decide that you're going to put Nate Schmidt down and 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 wave him, which I don't think they're going to do. I mean, I know some people are like, okay, we'll do that, but you got to think of. And this is a bit of a, a sidebar here, but like Nate Schmidt's not going to get waived from this team. Like they had to convince him to come here. The wave is no trade. Like this, it, the Jets have built up some pretty good will this season with the, the signings of Nita Ryder, getting Shifley and, and Hellebuck locked up. Like the last thing you want to do is. It's probably it'd be a bit of a negative. Is it good or better for the team? It might be if you're not planning on playing Schmidt a lot. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you get to also look at optics with this team as well, especially going into the trade deadline, if this is a team that's going to give going to have a chance, and and, and Kevin Chelvedale is going to be a buyer. Um, but yeah, back to the thing. Like I think you got to figure out because if you don't trade a Chisholm or 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 a Stanley you're probably going to lose one of them on waivers anyways because you're going to have to put one through waivers. You're just you're not going to carry 9D, right, once they're all healthy. They could send Billy down, but if they are trying to trade Stanley, that's a good sign, in my opinion, that they expect Billy to be up here and playing. And, and so, and, and, and to be all, you know, by all accounts, he deserves his chance once he's healthy again. It, he didn't get out of the lineup for any reason, but just a freak accident, right? and busts his ankle and, and, and then has to have surgery and all that crap. So, yeah, I mean, it makes some sense then. I mean, but at some point, then you just got to pull – like, I don't know what the ask is for Stanley. It, it probably can't be that high. Um, and if you look at what, like, you know, I mean, obviously Stanley doesn't have Zadarov money or anything like that. But, I mean, if you're going to get him go, just, you know, get your pick and, and run. You're not going to get a first rounder for him. You're probably not getting a second rounder. I'd be surprised even if you get a third. But if you got to make space, you shave a million off your, off your, uh, off the off the cap right now, and 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 then you start playing a guy like Chisholm, who I think, in my opinion, plays better to this system, the Rick Bonus system, than Stanley does. Like, 
Stanley doesn't move the puck like Declan Chisholm does. And and it, it was clear in that Chicago game that Declan Chisholm was the better defender, in my opinion. So we'll see what happens. Certainly better with the puck. At some puck. point, they're going to have to make a decision, right? Yeah. He, oh, yeah. I mean, he's he's... But, but, like, I mean, I think he's even better physically. Like, I mean, Chisholm's not going to drill people, but, like, Logan doesn't really use that. And there was times in those games, well, in, sorry, in, in Monday's game, where I'm like, Chisholm looked aware of his surroundings and and logan stanley did not and so yeah i mean i i don't know what else to say i mean at this point this team needs to make a decision on logan stanley because i'm sure he still wants out i mean i i you know if i had to guess i mean this is a guy who's barely playing he thinks he should be playing maybe he wants a shot somewhere else give it to him right i mean at this point this team doesn't seem like they're going to be the ones to give him the shot that he wants anymore and they have two guys that are knocking at the door. And, and I think Declan Chisholm is on the same level as him now. So, yeah, I mean, kind of, you know, yeah, it's to the me, whole kind of crap it's a, To me, when, when we talk about this, we have to think about the long play and the playoffs. And we kind of got yeah. into this a little bit yesterday. Um, but, and this is true, but, I mean, I, Craig Heisinger told me this back in the old Moose days and Kevin Sheveldayoff. I think even up the ante, Zinger used to say, hey, you want to win a Calder Cup, you need to have 10 defensemen that you can put in there. I think Chevy said at yeah. one point, it's a dozen. Um, because, hey, if you're going to sure. go if you're gonna go the distance, there's a lot of guys that move out. Like, I don't think that they want to just give him away for the sake of getting him off the roster. Um, and, I mean, to Ooh. be perfectly honest, if, if what we're talking about is a mid-round pick, I mean, are they better off having him in the press box in case of emergency break glass or having that yeah, fourth really round pick or whatever. Well, well, this is the thing. This is the thing. When Billy Hanela comes back, some sort of decision has to be made um, right. because those guys probably would get picked up off waivers. And that's why we got back to the topic about Nate Schmidt. And the funny thing about Schmidt is, and I know people, I mean, especially in Winnipeg, um, there's so much focus on how much a guy makes. And is Nate Schmidt making way more money than the value that he's bringing? Absolutely, we get it. Um, but when you look at the results of him playing with Declan or with uh, Dylan Sandberg this year, they've been fine. I mean, they haven't been getting victimized. Yeah. They haven't gotten burned. And Well, the third pairing minutes. Well, guess what? If he's in the lineup, he's going to be on the third pairing. So that's where it is. Yeah. So like, I think the Jets love where they're at right now with the depth that they have in defense, like if anything, they'd love to add an impact player that can go in and move people down the depth chart that slides into the top four, preferably on the right side. But there is an issue with keeping guys in the press box for too long, especially younger players like a Chisholm that finally got in for the first time on on Saturday. And I do understand your point where a guy that waves a no move to, to come here and, you know, has been, by all accounts, a great teammate, a guy that, you know, people like. Um, but at some point, those tough decisions made to be made. And if Nate Schmidt did get waived, uh, I think, you know, it would be more because they said, we've got some young players that we need to need to, to, to get. Nate's going to be there. We can bring him in. And the check's still clear, Scott. That's the one thing. The check is still going to clear for Nate Schmidt um, yeah. to keep him around. Um, so it, it is yeah. really fascinating, and I'm not sure this is much as a, of a big topic. I mean, it, it is. We're talking about it this week because both of these guys have gotten into the lineup and got a chance to play a little bit. And Nate has been the guy yeah. that's been in the press box and p- presumably will be again on the weekend. 
because they know what they have in Nate Schmidt. And I think they know that he can come back right. in right now is the time where they need to figure out what they've got in Declan Chisholm first and foremost. Logan Stanley, if he's going to be around or potentially moved or whatever, needs to play a few games as well. And once you get to presumably, probably sometime in mid-January, maybe, that Philly is able to rejoin the team and get his opportunity, um, at some point you have to do something, and you probably can't wait till the rosters expand after the trade deadline to do that. Yeah, I mean... I mean, so this is the thing, right? Like the last thing you want to do here is trade Logan Stanley and let's say whoever gets injured, right? Like from the top six. And then, I mean, obviously you have Nate Schmidt that you can put back in or, 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 or Chisholm, depending on how they're doing it. I mean, to your point, they are dealing from a position of strength, I think, right? Oh, like yeah. they don't, they don't have to make a move right now until Villy is knocking on the door to get back in the lineup, which as you said, and I, we think, most of us feel is not going to be until after the new year. Um, and anything can happen, of course. But, you know, I think just the way it's going right now, we're already at December 6th right now. I mean, there's going to be a little bit of break. He's still got to skate, and then you're going to want him to play conditioning games. Um, yeah, and, and so it, it, it's an interesting spot to be in. Um, you know, I think if the Jets are going to go into the trade deadline, though, and if you're looking that far down the road, you probably want Nate Schmidt for the run, right? I think you would keep him around for for a for the playoff run. I think I think he adds some valuable experience in that regard, um, and is you know a player that can come in and will be um, itching and motivated to to do well if he gets into the lineup at that that time. I also could see again, and you, you kind of alluded to this too. I think they would look for another defenseman as well. So, you know, get the million off the books now, start accruing more space, and, and, and go from there. I just think with Logan Stanley, like, they, I mean, we're, we're talking, he was drafted in 2016, House. Like, I mean, this is, it's been almost, eight, it's been seven years. And he's not a prospect anymore. To suggest, no, not, not even that. But, like, I don't even think he's, uh, he's yeah, I mean, I don't even know. I, I think we've seen the ceiling for him. I mean, I think I think other teams are going to obviously like to look at him because of his size, um, but he he just doesn't fit in the way that this team plays the game, right? Like he he is not the guy that moves up the ice in the same way that Declan Chisholm does. He is not the type of defender that defends in the same way, and I would argue in a better way than Declan Chisholm does right now. And then you and then you look down the road. And I mean I don't I don't think he's better than Nate Schmidt either. So, you know, Nate Schmidt's struggled, but as you said, and, and I think this is one of the things that I don't think he's gets struggled this year. Nate Schmidt having a tough year. Sorry? I don't think he's struggled this year mm-hmm. at all. No, no. I, I think he he's played really well with, with, with Sandberg. Like I think that is a pairing that you could go to if you needed to, because it, it, it works well together. I mean those two are sort of attached at the hip. I mean, it's kind of pro- master and protege. Like, like Nate Schmidt has been really doing a good job of taking Dylan Sandberg under his wing. It's a, it's one of the um, stories that we haven't necessarily gotten to, I guess, this year. But it, it is happening in that room. Um, and you can see the chemistry on the ice. I think they play well together. But, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, this is a team that has some decisions. I mean, it's a good kind of headache, if you want to call it that, or whatever to have. Um, but... We, I think what one thing we've seen with this team is it's the way more willing to give some of these young players chances. I think this is a, you know a hallmark of Rick Bonus's 
um, tenure here so far. This wasn't the case under Paul Maurice. Um, and so I think, again, I think they loved what they saw in Billy. But when he's ready to go, I think he's going to be back in the lineup. And and so, yeah, I mean, at this point, we'll see what happens. Um, you know what? You I know think what there's be... teams out there that'll want him. We'll yeah. go from there. Well, yeah, and, and speaking of Stanley, um, I think as opposed to some sort of a mid-round pick, if there is an interest in in Stanley to come in and, you know, play in the top six for a team, and they had not an A-level prospect, but, you know, a, a guy that's maybe played a little bit in the National Hockey League, but that is sure. waiver-exempt that you could put to the moose, yeah. like, that would make a lot of sense because then, you know, you're basically taking that roster problem and taking care of it. You're buying yourself a yeah. little bit of time with this other player, whether he sits around and turns into something long-term or not. Um, and let's not forget about Capobianco, who's playing very well right now with Manitoba and is a guy that yeah. would almost assuredly be a call-up for a black ace role, um, you know, if need be, if the Manitoba Moose aren't playing right now. So, um, but the, yeah. it, listen, and your, your point, and listen, Chevaldeau's done this a number of times, um, kind of pulled one out of his hat. And if the call, if they're incoming calls right now, as opposed to outcoming calls, I would think that the chances of maybe making something happen on that, that really does work for the Winnipeg jets in the short term, when it comes to the roster and then gives them some insurance, because let's face it, this Logan Stanley will be an insurance policy down the stretch and in the playoffs. If this team gets to uh, gets to where they want to go, right, what's the latest on the Metzikoff? Yeah. yeah. I didn't practice today. It's, it's funny. No coaches talk today um, either. So, um, you know, it seems like the status quo, he skated a little bit yesterday morning in their sort of really optional skate for basically scratches and, and some of the injured guys, but he left early um, from that skate. Uh, it, I was talking to some people today. It doesn't sound like there's been a setback or anything like that. It's just that he's not expected to play tomorrow. And so the eye is now on next Tuesday's game, um, potentially to get it, or not, sorry, next Tuesday, on Sunday's game against Anaheim. Uh, would be a potential kind of the next target for him. Um, I, yeah, it's a weird one. I don't know what's actually – I mean, they've, they've called it a lower body injury. I don't know what happened. I thought he took the knee to the head from – what's his name? Um, Darnell Nurse in that Edmonton game, and that was the one that, that, that caused it when he was in that. But it seemed to happen before that in that same kind of little um, whatever scrap. And it wasn't even a scrap. It was just a bit of a tangle up there. But, but yeah, so it looks like he's still – yeah, he won't play tomorrow. I'm very doubtful uh, that he'll play tomorrow, and then then they'll see on Sunday against Anaheim. And I guess with no coaches today, we don't really know what the plan is. Whether they're thinking eleven and seven again on uh, against the Avalanche, uh, whether it's going to be yeah. Stan in with Samberg and Chisholm and Schmidt on the outside looking in. Um, so we'll be paying attention to that out of Denver tomorrow. I believe Mike's going to be there, so we'll see what he's got to say about that. Yeah. Um, Scotty, great stuff as always. Uh, hopefully we'll see you tonight for a pint and uh, some good times. Yeah, I'll come down. Yeah, I'll spend a few minutes there with the, the boys and then and obviously the chat. Hopefully... Bring your hopefully Sharpies, everybody. Bring time. your Sharpies and the Billick rookie card. 
can get the autograph. Funny, I, was oh. playing, I was playing with one while I'm doing it. So, you know, for a guy that signs as <laughs> many that, autographs that, that as you, always have the Sharpie with you. That's basically how, <laughs> I'm, uh, how that I'm works. literally, I'll sign my camera right now. <laughs> hey, the dude that we want to see <laughs> yeah. pick up a Sharpie and sign the biggest deal ever, Shoei Otani. We're going to be talking about that in just a second. Oh. Um, <laughs> thanks for doing this, man. Well, we'll, ch we'll chat yeah, about yeah, that yeah. tonight, I'm sure. For, for a strange <laughs> thing, in the middle good. of December, we'll be getting together with everyone and it won't just be about hockey and the home team right. as we continue to refresh our Twitter feeds to see what's up. We've got Josh Goldberg coming on right away to uh, to chop that up. Thanks for doing this, dude. Yeah, anytime, Austin. We'll see All right, we'll see you tonight. Uh, good stuff with, uh, with yeah. Scotty Billick. Um, we uh, are going to talk about uh, Otani Watch coming up in just a second. Uh, before we do that, a big thanks to our friends at Princess Auto and folks with the holidays here got to get down to princess auto and check out the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around everything you or that special someone from your holiday list needs to complete the project on their list or start something new is at princess auto you can see them on Panet road or portage avenue west and you can always shop online 24 7 365 at princessauto.com um a big thanks to our friends at Boston Pizza. I know we're going to get a few large pies rolling in so everyone can grab a slice in uh, the midst of the revelry and uh, the delicious pints over at Little Brown Jug. Um, and then tomorrow night, I mean, it'd be a great night to get to BP. Usually I'm so fired up for the Jet games on the Thursday nights because you can get the Boston Pizza. We watch the Thursday night football game. We get the hockey game on. A little bit of a later start, which is nice. I'm not sure I would suggest to anybody to actually watch a Bailey Zappi, Mitch Trubisky quarterbacking matchup, but it'll at least be on the TV. But more importantly, we'll be able to enjoy those ice cold schooners, world famous BP wings, gourmet pizzas, and more. And of course, great prizes to be run for one for NFL football for Mondays and Thursday nights at your local Boston pizza as well. And a special thanks to BP for uh, their support of our Christmas cheerboard fundraiser tonight. We'll see you later on at Little Brown Jug. And uh, hey, the holidays are here. And if you want to spend more time doing fun holiday stuff as opposed to shopping, may I suggest get down to Royal Sports and you can pretty much take care of all of your Christmas shopping for any sports fans in your circle in one stop. It is the biggest and best sports store anywhere with the massive capacity and stock that only Royal Sports has. New 48 jerseys that we saw on Monday night. Want those under the tree? Royals got them. All sorts of Jets jerseys personalized with your favorite player on them. And thousands of pieces of Winnipeg Jets merchandise. Tons that you won't find anywhere else other than Royal Sports. Add in a massive bomber section. All the NFL gear. Who knows? Maybe we'll have some Otani Blue Jays jerseys on the rack by the time we get to the 25th of December. We'll see about that. Um, of course, international soccer, NBA, and the biggest and best hockey selection in town as Royal's been doing it for over 40 years. Pop down and see them, 750 Pamina Highway, and make sure to follow them on Instagram, at Royal Sports Pamina, for the latest merchandise drops, sale information, and great holiday gift ideas. All right, let's get to it, because uh, as much as we love talking hockey at this time of year, it is baseball right now that is dominating most of the sports conversations. And uh, we bring in our pal Josh Goldberg from The Score. 
for the latest on the vibes in uh, T.O. as the uh, clock keeps ticking on Shohei Otani. Josh, what's up? It's great to have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, good to be with you, Hustler. Yeah, things are uh, definitely, there's there's a lot of energy, a lot of buzz uh, around the Blue Jays right now, which is good considering the way that the season ended. Um, yeah, listen, the season, what are you talking about? We don't even remember that anymore. It's all about 2024 and what the big moves the team's making. For you that's covered this team for a long time, um, what were your thoughts? Like, if I had asked you this, hey, what are the chances the Jets, the, the Jays would really be in on Otani? If I had asked you that a month ago, what would you have said? And at what point did that maybe change? Uh, realistically, I probably would have said in on no. Like, I'm interested, yes, but a serious contender, probably not. I, I for the longest time, just thought that this was the Dodgers. Like it was just a, a fait accompli basically that, and it may still be that way, but I just sort of looked at it as other teams would take a crack at it, but it just seemed preordained for the better part of a couple of years uh, that the Dodgers were clearing the decks to make the run at him. And, um, you know, he's just such a, 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 it's just such a strange situation where nobody really knows anything about him. Um, he's just a, he's a real mystery. The only thing that people know is that he's as unique of a talent as maybe there's ever been in the game of baseball. And with the way that the game is these days, his value is just so high, even with some uncertainty about some injuries when it comes to pitching uh, beyond next season. Um, but he's just nobody really knows what makes him tick. And you know, was it pitching in a big market? Was that something that was going to appeal to him? Nobody really knew. And, you know, the Blue Jays have done a nice job over the last couple of off seasons, I think sort of establishing themselves as a team to be taken seriously when it comes to free agents and when it comes to trades. I don't think that they're uh, this, this franchise that should be looked at um, with a side eye or anything like that anymore. Like they have the resources, they have the backing to make these kinds of moves. They have the the development center, uh, the performance center uh, at their spring training facility in Dunedin, which is obviously a huge selling point. Uh, allegedly, Otani and the Blue Jays met there. There's a lot to like. So uh, they've done a really good job of, of making this something to take seriously, and, and they do deserve uh, some credit for that. But ultimately, you got to get it over the finish line or nobody's really uh, going to give you much praise when it's all said and done. It, it, it is... Um... It is fascinating how things have changed. I do a betting show with Dustin Nielsen before the lock shop every day. And last Tuesday, we were kicking around, and I kind of saw a couple things that, you know, a couple people tweeted out Otani. And I'd always been someone that had thought that there was a lot of reasons why Toronto should be a spot that a player like that might consider. I jumped on him at 25 to 1 odds. It's now plus 150. Um, there's a lot that's changed. And listen, later on that day, I think it dropped to 10 or 5 to 1 as well. But how would you categorize the information that's come out and how things have changed, apparently, over the course of the past week, really putting the Jays in as serious contenders, if not finalists, for his services? I think right now, uh, if you were handicapping it, I think it's the Dodgers or, or the Jays. I, I think that... The Angels, some people seem to think that there's a situation and where he might go back there. I, for the life of me, just, I, I can't 
see that one at all. Uh, he's talked about wanting to have more success and the Angels just aren't set up uh, for it anytime soon. So, you know, the fact that the Jays have worked themselves into a position where they can be looked at as one of two teams to get the biggest star in baseball, somebody who's won MVP two of the last three years, and arguably you know, could have won it three straight years if it weren't for Judge having a historically great uh, home run season last year. Um, they they have really done a lot of work here in, in the past week, and uh, I don't really know where it's going to go. Like I wouldn't be surprised anymore if they if they ultimately ended up landing him, which is a far cry from what it would have been seven, ten days ago, two weeks ago, something like that. So uh, they've definitely done uh, some good work, and I think that Toronto is an appealing city to somebody like that. Yeah, he's going to be recognized if he walks down the streets of Toronto. I think you could say that about Los Angeles as well. But I think that there's a lot to like about living in Toronto in the summer. Like a lot of people say, oh, well, Toronto in the winter. Shohei Otani is going to be nowhere near Toronto in the winter. So Toronto has a lot going for it uh, beyond just the baseball team that would give somebody like that uh, a lot to think about and a lot to chew on when considering making uh, a decision of this magnitude. He is such a phenom, uh, a, a unicorn, a star that transcends the sport of baseball and transcends North American sport as well. Uh, I, I'm of the opinion that whoever signs him for whatever the number is, and it's going to be insane, is going to be the best money ever spent because like, this contract is going to pay for itself assuming that he plays the the, the the length of the contract, will pay for itself in so many different ways. Considering Rogers Corporation, sports and media, owning Sportsnet, owning the Blue Jays, having the games, like, talk to us about the impact that he would have to the Blue Jays' business and bottom line and what it means for the Mother Corp and why this is a no-brainer to do everything you can to get this guy. Yeah, it, like just a tremendous windfall, I, I, I think, in terms of merchandise. You're tapping into a huge market um, overseas in Japan. Uh, games will be on there. You know, you're, you're getting more resources. You're getting more um, merchandise revenue from that uh, section of the world, which... You know, you probably don't have a. You have, I guess, you have Kikuchi, but it's not the nearly the same um, appeal. And I think that one of the big reasons that the Jays were committed to making a big splash this offseason, whether it's Otani or you know they were linked to Juan Soto um, as well in a trade, is they have to really do some work to get their fans excited because the way that the last couple of years have gone. I think a lot of fans are somewhat jaded that the Blue Jays haven't been able to get over the hump in the playoffs. And they've got these big renovations. I think they sunk $300 million, uh, or something around that into uh, the Rogers Center. And ticket prices have gone up. And it's a hard sell if season ticket holders are having a, like a 10 or 15% increase in their packages. And you're fielding largely the same team with some surface type of uh, upgrades. You're kind of moving the deck chairs around and, and not doing any uh, legitimate foundational work. And I think that ownership in the front office recognize that that's a factor. And I, I do think that beyond the obvious on-field um, impact that Otani will make, 
the Roger Center will be, if not sold out early in the season, it's always tough to draw in April in, in Toronto, but they will do a lot better in terms of attendance. Even this past year in September, there was some some apathy with the way that the team was playing. They weren't selling out, even though they were in a race to make the playoffs. I don't think you're going to have that problem as long as Shohei Otani is on the field and producing. Uh, people are going to pay money to see him. He's one of the few players in Major League Baseball that's worth it. And to have that 81 times a season... Uh, can't go unmentioned when you consider the factors that might be at play when it comes to this whole situation. Well, you know what, Josh? I mean, in addition to ticket sales and um, merchandise sales, which would be through the roof, like I, I, there hasn't been very many times in the past five, ten years where I have, um, you know, been envious of people that are in charge of selling TV and radio in today's current climate. That would change in a heartbeat um, for their television properties, their radio properties, Blue Jays broadcasts, additional programming. Um, you know, the Blue Jays properties outside of Canada, particularly in Japan, never mind what you might be able to get in corporate sponsorship. I always laughed. You know, the A's were drawing nobody, and you'd see the Angels go in to play at the Coliseum, and all of the billboards and everything are for Nippon and, you know, like Japanese companies because you are adding millions and millions of people that are watching your games now. I mean, there, there, there's levels to this, and every one of them is massive for Rodgers at the end of the day if he becomes a Blue Jay. Yeah, I, I think that um, it, it's just such a huge factor uh, when when you look at this whole thing and – it has to be part of, of the equation. Like, obviously, Ross Atkins is looking at the on-field aspect and what he can bring to the organization from a baseball standpoint. But ownership is looking at, like, it sounds like they the only way you're getting into a conversation as a finalist or a serious contender is if you're prepared to fork over, I think, at least $500 million. Uh, I think it's probably going to be more. We'll see what kind of structure the contract is. Yeah, it could be six. We'll see what the structure of the contract is, you know, with incentives and um, protecting yourself if he's not able to pitch as much as you want or at all, right? You never know how, how these things can go. But I think he's going to secure quite a lot of money. And the, the ownership's not looking purely at the baseball perspective. They're looking at the business side of this. And Shohei Otani is a business unto himself. Uh, it, he transcends... Um, just what goes on the field, uh, like you talked about in, in terms of TV, radio, uh, just overall coverage. The Blue Jays become um, more of a spotlight franchise in Major League Baseball. And you could say, oh, well, is Major League Baseball really that excited about the prospect of um, Otani not going to Los Angeles or Chicago, let's say, and going to Toronto? Uh, maybe not. I don't know how much stock I necessarily put into stuff like that, but I think that when ownership is considering making this level of investment, they realize you know, the opportunity, the unique situation uh, a player of this caliber and this scope brings. And I think that that's why um, they're seemingly so committed to making it happen. You know, um, listen, the Jays in Toronto, certainly not by any means a small market. And some would argue they, in fact, have the biggest market in Major League Baseball because the entire country of Canada is Blue Jays territory, if you will. Less for buying tickets, but certainly for television properties and all of that. And, 
And I think there's always been a stigma um, for Toronto where, oh, do you guys really want to come there? I, you know, it's funny. In some ways, you can kind of compare it to us here in the National Hockey League in Winnipeg, the yeah. smallest market. There's always, oh, Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to trade. He was going to go somewhere else. And, and you know, that's perpetuated outside of the market. Like, oh, no one wants to be there. And then you kind of look at the history of the Winnipeg Jets, re-signing their players, hell about can Shifley doing it. And, I mean, that was huge to maybe to changing the narrative and getting people to pay attention that that's not necessarily true. What would the long-term, like it, for years to come, the long-term effects of Otani choosing the Blue Jays be for the organization as to how they're viewed amongst Major League Baseball as well as other players if he could go anywhere he wants for a record contract and chooses north of the border? Huge. I, I don't think we can really um, understate, uh, overstate um, how – huge massive it would be um like the blue jays have made some splashes in their history over the years um certainly over the past couple of years they've really jumped into the pool they gave the biggest contract uh, in team history a couple of years ago to george springer but this is on a whole other level that was 150 million dollars you're talking about giving i don't know four times that a three to four times that to Otani. It's a whole, you're playing in the, you're swimming in the deep end of the pool. Uh, maybe you were sort of in the middle with the Springer uh, move, but this is a whole other level. And I think it sends a message to players in Major League Baseball that, you know, the Blue Jays are prepared to spend. And if a player of this caliber and of this spotlight and this level of star chooses to go to Toronto, there must be something about that franchise and about that organization and about that city, that fan base, et cetera, et cetera, that is appealing. And maybe something that, you know, certain players wouldn't have given a ton of consideration to, or only maybe given fleeting consideration to might be more prepared to really uh, look at the blue Jays as a team to pay attention to and to put on their, um, I guess, thought process or in their thought process of something to look at and, and consider when, you know, they, they may or may not have the opportunity to test free agency. Um, uh, what would the domino effect be for the actual roster if Otani does sign? I mean, there had been talks. I mean, we'd heard that potentially teams were kicking tires on Bo Bichette. I mean, there's two years left of he and Vladdy, and that really looks like a pretty nice window to make a run at a World Series, especially if you add a player like Shoei. Um, maybe if they get him, what does that change? And if they don't get him, how active might management be on uh, tweaking this roster um, outside of bringing in the biggest fish on the market? I, I think that you know, Ross Atkins has really made it clear that they're looking at the next two years as it's imperative on them to do everything possible to ensure that they have the level of success that obviously the organization wants, but the fan base expects now um, as well. So I think you're not seeing Vladdy getting moved or Bichette getting moved. If you get Otani, I think, you know, long-term we'll see, I don't know if you could necessarily keep all three of those players, but I don't think it's something um, that you would really have to worry about at least for this year and probably not for next year um, as well. And they don't get him and Soto goes to the Yankees. You're in a difficult position because you've really made it clear that you're looking to make a huge splash this offseason and really change the, the fabric of your team. 
And free agent wise, there's just not going to be that level of impact um, out there. It's just not realistic. Soto's the big domino on the trade market. It would be a tough blow if you didn't get Otani and he goes to a division rival with the Yankees, which it appears is going to be the case. Uh, you're going to have to figure something else out, uh, whether it's trade. It's going to be tough. Like they've really pushed their chips in here on Otani. And if it doesn't come to fruition, they're not going to be in a particularly advantageous position because if they go to the trade market, teams are going to know that they're really, I don't know if I want to say desperate, but very keen on making a big splash, making a, a huge uh, addition, and teams will look to maximize the return that they can get out of them. So uh, if they don't land Otani, it's going to be very interesting and I, I think very difficult for them to make the improvements that they're looking to make. Hey, just on Soto for a second. I mean, at times I thought the Jays were the leaders for that. Then things have changed the last few days, and all of a sudden the Yankees are back in, and it sounds like he's going there. If you're the Padres, do you wait to see what happens for Otani? Um, because you might have a big player that didn't get their first choice in the mix, and that might sweeten the uh, return for uh, for Soto. Or if the Yankees have a deal that makes sense, that they just pull the trigger. I think. When you look at both teams, when you're if you're talking about the Yankees and the Blue Jays, considering what has sort of filtered out today about what might go to San Diego in that trade, I have a hard time seeing the Blue Jays realistically making that same level of deal. They probably could. And Sandy, it's just a case of whether San Diego prefers New York's package or or Toronto's. And it seems like they really like Michael King, who transitioned into a starting pitcher from a reliever this year and was really good for the Yankees um, in the second half of the season. I think you could look at Alec Manoa as sort of the comparable major league starter, but coming off of the season he came off of, uh, do you really want to make that gamble if you're the Padres? I think they feel more secure about... Um, a King-led package, and they can also get rid of Trent Grisham, and I don't know if the Blue Jays would want to take him. He's uh, due to make about $4 million next season, and it seems like financially the Padres just want to do as much as they can to trim payroll, and that's a factor in, in, in the deal as well, and I think that that also sways a little bit to um, the Yankee side of things. So GSM's in the chat. He said, Atkins gave an interview yesterday. Should have uh, just said no comment. Well, he basically did. He did. Have you ever remembered executives tiptoeing around information and being as tight lipped as we've seen, with the exception of Dave Roberts, which got, I think, an angry text from their GM yesterday? It it is, uh, it's been kind of funny to watch happen. And every one of these guys is on eggshells trying to do their job their media obligations, but not say a damn thing, even to the point of that they're interested in this guy. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it, he, he's just, it's as unique of a situation as there's been. Um, you know, it's a Fort Knox type of situation. Nobody really wants to reveal too much or say too much. And is Dave Roberts, is that going to be held against him? I really struggle to see, but Otani is as uh, unpredictable as, um, as it gets. So there's no real way of knowing. And it would be quite a story if the Dodgers lose out on signing a player like this because their manager spoke out a turn, said some stuff that probably he he shouldn't have said. Uh, but I, it wouldn't put it past this whole situation for that to be the case. That's how um, 
like bordering into absurd. It, it's gone. I'm enjoying it. It's entertaining, but we're not going to see a free agency like this, maybe in any sport, but certainly in major league baseball, probably ever again. Oh, Josh, this has been great having you on the program. Uh, what, uh, are you like the rest of us just refreshing your uh, Twitter feed every uh, 20 seconds and uh, checking your text messages? And what did you and the score team have cooking up on this, uh, I guess, up until we find out what happens? Yeah, we're just uh, kind of on bated breath like everybody else. Like you said, checking uh, every mode of uh, social media communication possible to see if there's anything out there. And it sounds like by the end of the weekend at the latest is what the latest is. Uh, in terms of him making a decision. So we're just on pins and needles until that happens. Hopefully. Got, like, do they have like yeah. white smoke in the Rogers center yeah. that they can blow up the Piets when, uh, when we find out one way or the other that a decision is in? Wouldn't that be something else? Well, I'm hoping that we're able to get you back on the show in the near future to talk about this turning out very positively for Toronto, Canada, and the Blue Jays when it comes to Shohei Otani. Thanks a lot for the chat, Josh. Always uh, love chopping it up with you. Yeah, let's hope for the best and uh, hope to do it again soon, Hustler. Right. Have a good one. Right on. Take care. There's Josh Goldberg. Give him a follow on Twitter at jgoldberg12 and check out his work over at The Score. Um, all right, we got to get Remo in here. There's uh, some tidbits from the Board of Governors we want to talk about, and we do have some pretty big games in the National Hockey League to look at tonight. Um, but tonight... The main event, of course, is the holiday party at Little Brown Jug supporting the Christmas cheer board. If you jumped in late, we're going to be at Little Brown Jug at 7 p.m. There's still a few tickets left, but as uh, we checked the event right earlier on, there's a few people waiting that have been jumping on it. So please, if you haven't already, hit that link. It's in the chat. It's in the description of this video. If you're on, um, uh, if you're uh, you know just listening and you want to do it on the website, winnipegsportstalk.com. Um, but grab those tickets. They're $11.98. Every cent is going to a donation to the Christmas cheer board. And in addition to the delicious pints, we'll be having it, LBJ. And, of course, a little pizza from BP. DQ Nick's bringing by some uh, ice cream treats for everybody from DQ. We've got a great raffle which will be doing tickets. Bring some cash for that. That's the one thing that you won't be able to pay debit for. Um, we've got a little brown jug package with uh, some great merchandise and beer. We've got a Jets package with a framed autograph Kyle Connor photo, a Jets hoodie, and a Jets toque. Perfect just in time for the holidays. And then we have added, and I have confirmed, the opportunity to sit in the most premium seats in the entire arena in the brand new Play Now Club, courtesy of Ticketmaster, with myself and Reem for the Columbus Blue Jackets game on Tuesday, January 9th. All of the food is included with different dishes being available pre-game, throughout the game, and afterwards. Um, and the most comfortable seat I've ever sat in in any sporting venue, period. So all three of those will be done. We'll be doing, I think, sort of five tickets for 10 bucks. We'll be raffling those off tonight and hopefully have a nice donation for the cheer board. But most importantly, a great chance to get together with all of you at Little Brown Jug. And of course, LBJ is available uh, wherever they sell great beer. But the best place to do it is there. And right now they're running a promo um, where you can also get a free $15 gift card for the tap room 
when you purchase assorted little brown jug beers. Um, so we'll see you tonight at LBJ. If you've been waiting on it, join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you can get Scott Billick's autograph as well, as he will be bringing his Sharpie. Um, and, you know, in conjunction with that, a huge thanks to Nick. Um, Nick and Nikki DQ been with us since day one. Um, of course, they uh, are the go-to spot. And right now, you're going to be doing a lot of cooking. you got some big holiday gatherings. Get a DQ ice cream cake in the, uh, for the festive season. Um, you can hit them up at DQ Northgate or at DQ Polo Park. Obviously, if you're in the mall, pop by and support Nick and Nikki. But you can also hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. Send them a picture. Let them know what you want. They'll get it done for a quick and easy pickup at either DQ Polo Park or the DQ Northgate. And don't forget, they've also got the Pita Pit now in Niverville. If you're thinking about great, healthy, fresh, delicious catering options, they can help you with that at Pita Pit Niverville on Twitter or X, or sorry, or Instagram, if you want to get in touch with them right now. All right, Reem, let's uh, get back to it. Man, that was a fun conversation with Josh. He's awesome. And uh, you can tell that there's a lot of people that are very interested in the division, in the decision of the Japanese superstar coming up shortly. Yeah, it kind of brings back uh, memories of us, uh, you know, watching, you know, figuring out what's going on with Barry Trotz coming to Winnipeg. Trotz watch. Yeah. Um, obviously not the same caliber uh, of thing, but just similar way that you're, you know, following news reports, updates, sightings. Who uh, I, I saw a reporter from. Uh, New York, or sorry, LA Times, uh, reporting what the uh, tour there took place last Friday. So lots, lots going on. And as the shout out to T. Konopoly uh, for the super chat, giving his uh, Christmas cheerboard donation, writing Xmas with three X's, yeah, triple Xmas. That's uh, thanks, probably Polly. A, that's a different website, Polly. Um, but, uh, but thank you very much. But yeah, but yeah <laughs> a lot of a lot of refreshing of what MLBTradeRumors.com for the latest on Otani, basically. Hey, by the way, uh, hit the thumbs up, folks, if you haven't already. We're like 300 people in here. We've only got 132 likes. Uh, help us out. Get some good karma going in for uh, for tonight's festivities. Mm-hmm. Um, let, Remo, I do want to touch on a couple of these things from the BOG uh, meetings before we get to the cool bet lines and finish it off. Although, interesting news today. How about, speaking of back to the future, how about Jacques Bartet joining the Sens as a senior advisor working along with DJ Smith? Yeah, well, the rumors going on is like, when are they going to get rid of uh, DJ Smith? This was supposed to be the year of the Sens, uh, the year they take the step forward. And, you know, they got some great offensive talent, but there they are, bottom of the Atlantic division. Yeah, but they haven't played any games. Big win last night against yeah. the New York Rangers. And they've got five or six games in hand. Like, I heard Ian Mendez talking earlier today. He said, listen, they've got a real tough uh, schedule the next little bit because they played so few games. But, you know, if they could go even six and four in their next ten and getting into the new year mm-hmm. on the right side of 500, maybe this team can take a run. Um, but Jacques Martin's got a lot of experience, uh, a very great reputation there in Ottawa in his previous time with the Sens. And I do think that this management group is going to be as patient as possible with DJ Smith. And if anything, decisions will be made at the end of the year. So maybe this can help in the meantime. As far as the BOG goes, um, so they're out in Seattle. The salary cap is going to jump $4.2 million 
from 83.5 to 87.7 and not, not too shabby, 6.2 billion in revenue this season. Um, so that'll be key when we're talking about free agency and teams projections going into next year. But we did get confirmation from Gary Bettman that the league is planning on doing an in-season tournament in February of 2025, which would be a four-team competition between Canada, the U.S., Finland, and Sweden. And I know there were some complaints about that. I am not willing to complain about anything that gives us the opportunity for real best-on-best competition, even if it won't be all the top hockey nations in the world. I can start off with the two Scandinavian teams and Canada and USA. Yeah, they they realize they got to get something. And this has been, I think, a huge failure from the NHL not to have any international competition. They had the World Cup was at 2016, which uh, I thought they made, you know, what they made, uh, you know, not as wasn't didn't feel like a true best on best with the gimmick with the gimmick teams. And what you had the pandemic and political stuff prevented them from going um from going so look they're gonna do something they're like hey we gotta do something that's in season tournament you know in season tournament look at NBA they've got that going on but NHL doing yes with the four teams Canada USA Finland Sweden and you know they'll have a semifinal and a final sure but they what they really want is the Olympics in 2026 in Italy we'll see if that actually happens and then go a two year cycle with the World Cup 2028 and then Olympics you know 2030 so. Hopefully it gets done, but let's walk before you can run and get a four-team tourney, and you know, maybe we'll get suckered in. Well, they'll come up with some you know specialty jerseys. We'll see some great players together because it, again, it's just really sad how you haven't seen uh, generations of Team Canada players playing on the same team again. My best hockey memories are O2 Olympics, uh, 2010 Olympics, uh, World Cup of Hockey, uh, 96. Even though. Canada lost 04 World Cup. Those are great hockey memories that we just a generation hasn't had. And uh sure, let's go with this uh this tournament here. And I don't know. I'm like, like I want I want Canada, I want Canada, USA. I wanna I wanna see those two teams go at mm-hmm. it. The Sweden Finland games will be phenomenal. Um and then a little final series um with uh with whoever can win this four. Like it the entertainment value will be incredible. And hopefully, to your point, it will be a precursor for full participation in the 2026 Winter Olympics. Um, they are adding a draft to the All-Star Game this year. And the uh, Skills Comp is going to have a $1 million prize to the winner. So hopefully, that makes it a little bit better. But speaking of drafts, Reem, I know they're going to the decentralized draft, which I sort of hate um, selfishly because of what a great opportunity it's always been to network with people when we're at the draft. But I'll tell you what, if they're going out with a bang, this is the way to do it. The Sphere has been booked for the 2024 draft in Vegas, and uh, we got to get planning for that right now. Yeah, and I've been fascinated by the Sphere after seeing these videos of U2 uh, performing there, my renewed interest in U2 after seeing the backgrounds. And I think a lot, you know, uh, Chris Johnson was reporting that some people were saying this is going to cost a lot of money, and you have to do a ton of work to put in the digital artwork that goes on the screens at that kind of resolution. And I don't know what they're going to have. Like, a, are they going to have the sphere as like a giant Jets logo when they make their pick? The marketing opportunities here 
of what of the graphics on you know the background oh. of the screen or just the outside of the building enormous so certainly uh, exciting that they finally got that locked down and going away from the going away from the uh, in-person draft seems you know I guess every league has is kind of doing this where it's like hey why are we spending so much money do we really need 20 people on the stage wearing matching suits saying we like to thank uh, the city of Las Vegas for hosting the draft, congratulating the Stanley Cup champion, Winnipeg Jets on winning. Oh, sorry, getting a bit too ahead of myself there, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> did you catch, you catch that one? Were you I actually, did, I did. Were you actually paying attention forget, there? And shout out to everybody at our draft party back yeah. at Boston Pizza in Winnipeg. Yeah. <laughs> um, so did we get, hey, Carl, Carl Decksheimer, thank you very much. Merry Christmas, WST. Nice little super chat. Appreciate you, Kyle. Uh, Carl, thank you very much. Um, so yeah, anyways, um, that is must do for us, the sphere and, uh, and you know, the funny thing is, you know, this is going to be the best draft ever and then that's going to be it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm still hopeful that maybe they decide to go the other way because the draft week or those days leading up really is the true hockey convention of the year where pretty much everybody is there. Um, so I hope that maybe there'll be some reconsidering, but at least we can look forward to uh, the sphere this year. And yes, everybody congratulating the Winnipeg Jets on raising raising the trophy at the end of this season. All right, before we're done and get ready to head on down to Little Brown Jug tonight, let's get over to the um, Coolette lines for tonight. Uh, four games, but they're all awesome matchups. Dallas is in Florida. Dallas beat the piss out of the Lightning, what was it, 8-1 on the weekend. And then Tampa returned the favor with the 4-0 shutout a couple days ago. Dallas stays in Florida and takes on the Panthers tonight. The Panthers are a minus-118 favorite. Dallas, even money at plus-100. The Tampa Bay Lightning coming off that big win get the Penguins, who just lost back-to-back games to the Flyers in the extra frame. Tampa's minus 125. Pittsburgh's plus 107. And then Vegas in St. Louis to take on the Blues in the rematch. Blues just went into Vegas and pulled two points out of there. Vegas will look to do the same. LV minus 156 favorites. The Blues plus 132. And a straight-up pick'em ream between the Hurricanes and the Edmonton Oilers. Um, Of course, we just saw the Canes put 43 on Lauren Brassois. I would suggest if they can put 43 on anybody playing net for the Oilers, they'll probably have a good chance to win. Total for that game has now gone up to seven. Uh, And the Oilers have not played. Both of these teams' last game was against the Winnipeg Jets. The Oilers last Thursday, and of course the Hurricanes Monday. So see if the Oilers can get back at it. We know how quickly the Hurricanes started as opposed to the Jets. So um, others are going to need to be ready for that. So those are the four games tonight in the league. We did cook up a Lock Shop exclusive today. Uh, the Lock Shop partner parlay. We've got the Lightning to beat Pittsburgh, Vegas to beat St. Louis, and Carolina and Edmonton over six and a half total goals. When we put that in, it was plus 428. Patty and Jake with a very generous boost for the Lock Shoppers. That's at plus 500 or five to one right now in the cool bet exclusives and we are down speaking of that nba in-season tournament games last night semifinals are determined 
Thursday, it'll be the Pacers and the Bucks, and then the New Orleans Pelicans and the LA Lakers in the other semifinal winners to play for $500,000 per player in the championship game Saturday in Las Vegas. Uh, that was a wild show today. We actually hit, usually we've been so locked in on the Jets and the Bombers, uh, but it was fun talking little prospects with Stephen Ellis. Obviously a great visit with Billick and then Otani Watch. Someone said we might need a logo. I think uh, we may have passed that. We wouldn't have enough time to make that happen, but there will be a lot of watching of the uh, the old feed over the next little bit for any information as it pertains to the Japanese superstar. Yeah, nice to get uh, a couple different topics today, and we'll return with the Jets playing Colorado tomorrow. Nice 8 p.m. start, Huss. And, yeah, for the Avs, you did mention uh, Makar. He was game-time decision yesterday. He ended up not playing after you know, half participating in the morning skate. Bowen Byram uh, did leave with injury, so we'll have to wait on him. And Sam Jordan, yeah, he went into the player assistance program, so he's going to be out uh, for a while. So the Avs down a number of of defensemen. But, hey, uh, it was no problem uh, for them yesterday uh, in their win. And a couple other NHL notes. That's, uh, Pat Kane making his debut for the Red Wings tomorrow against the Sharks. John Klingberg having surgery going on LTIR. No, they need a defenseman. Could they be interested in Logan Stanley Huss? They need a, a big a big guy. I mean I have no idea, but they have yeah. some more cap space and uh yeah, a couple games tonight. But more importantly, the WST party. And I'm gonna have to start getting uh, our banners ready. Gotta have the signage there. Maybe I'll get some bring some more dash of stickers to hand out. Looking forward to seeing everyone there. This should be fun. Speaking of us stashes. Mm-hmm. Um, any of you uh, stash growers that were part of w- the WST Movember team, if you're coming tonight, make a point of popping by and say hi. I went by Modern Man yesterday, got a cut, and uh, picked up a little package for uh, all the guys that donated their time and their upper lip to the Movember uh, the v- Movember movement. So uh, pop by for that. Hopefully we'll see some of you there and we can uh, take care of you and um, then I'll probably give the rest of you room and we can uh, set up the drop-off spot uh, mm-hmm. for guys that aren't able to make it uh, to make it to tonight. Who knows? Maybe there'll even be some live discording from W uh, from our uh, nightly headquarters at Little Brown Jug for people that can't make it. Um, that being said, yeah, 7 p.m. is go time. Uh, Russ, we'll see you there tonight. Uh, we'll get a pizza, some pizzas delivered around eight. And uh, we'll probably do the raffle in and after nine, probably go till about 10 or so tonight. So uh, really looking forward to seeing everybody tonight. And by the way, all caps, Kyle was asking about getting on cool bet. You know what you should do? Fire them a DM uh, on Twitter and just let them know your issue. You're in Manitoba, but it's showing Ontario. That'll be a fix that uh, they'll be able to help you with that. Uh, And Hey, if you haven't played a cool bet before, check the lock shop daily noon before WST over with Dusty at the Edmonton Sports Talk Station. And if you haven't played a cool bet before, use the promo code WST when you're signing up and making your first deposit. We'll hook you up with a 100% bonus, up to 200 bucks on that first deposit. Um, right on. Well, I'm a uh, hus, no goat talk. I'm shocked. What do you mean? We talked about Christine Sinclair earlier today. You maybe just came a little in a little late today, T. Kona Polly. Yeah, WST jerseys with name bars would be it would be fun. Ooh, and name tags. Ooh. I have I have ones that I brought I bought them for the 
Jets, the uh, night out at the Jets. And I just never took him out of my fanny pack. Oh, perfect. Actually, okay, there you go. Funny story. I brought that fanny pack because, you know, I carry my charger and I was carrying a bunch of stuff and I put it on the security thing. And the guy's like, yeah, I, I got to check your purse. I'm like, purse? This is a fanny pack. <laughs> I guess I guess it's a purse. I mean, I was just carrying it like a purse. I wasn't wearing it, so I guess if you're just carrying, as long pack, as they did, as long as they didn't misgender you, you can just call a purse whatever you want. Um, it's your boy Bruce Brock Lesnar's daughter. Oh my God, I saw that picture of her. That is Brock Lesnar's kid. I think she just set the record at Colorado State for the shot put at like eighteen point five meters or something like that. Crazy. Oh, and there's Amanda. Great show. Have a great time at LBJ. Have a couple beers for me. I will happily do that. Maybe I'll see you later on after the festivities. Good luck on the felt tonight. And uh, everybody else, say if you haven't, there's still a few tickets left. Uh, grab the link. Every cent's going to the cheer board. And again, bring a little bit of cash, 10, 20 bucks, so you can get into the raffles. We've got the Little Brown Jug prize pack. We've got a Jets prize pack with a Jets hoodie, toque, and a framed autograph picture of Kyle Connor. And then it'll be the grand prize. Somebody will win a couple tickets to join myself and Remus for the January 9th game against Columbus in the Plano Lounge seats where we'll be enjoying all the chef's creations all game and sitting in the most comfortable seats, maybe in the NHL. Cannot wait for that. Um, all right, we'll get the pod up and we'll get down to Little Brown Jug. We'll see you there just after 7 p.m. tonight, gang. Have a great one. Thanks for being with us. Hit the thumbs up for your YouTubers on your way out if you haven't already, and we'll catch you tonight at Little Brown Jug and see you tomorrow right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Oh! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.